Hello everyone, this is Caleb, your GM. A quick word before our show today. I lost about maybe five minutes of a recording in the middle of the episode. It's not much, just David talking a little bit of strategy with Sidonis, so if it seems strange how quickly their conversation ends, that's why. Last time on Trailblazers, the party was visited by a necromancer calling himself Malganus, who offered his services to the party. The party didn't accept or refuse his offer, wishing for the time to think on it. The party then held a council with the leaders of the Lin Kuei to decide whether or not to allow Valerian's plan to commence or fight a war with the Empire. The council decided on war, and it was set. In all of this, Ichiro stands quiet by, observing and listening, while Mr. Cash is imprisoned at the house of Ichiro, told that he can work off his debt at any time, as long as the information he had was worth it. Will the party be able to wage this war with the Empire? What information will Mr. Cash have? What has Setsuko been planning during all of this? Find out this week on Trailblazers. Well, Tharn, if you want to skip town, I don't blame you. It's about to get real in here. No, my lord, I plan on staying right here. However, I really do think we should take counsel with the necromancer Malganus. Oh man, you really want to get into something. Well, here's here. All right, let's just let's just have let's just play this out. What what would be the benefit? What would we even do with Malganus? Who is it? We're, yeah, who is it? We're raising. That we can raise anyone. That's the point. We could raise the okay, dead in their cemetery. We can raise the raise the dead in their cemeteries. We could raise uh, Arcturus, Valerian's father. He would definitely have information on how to beat the Empire. We could raise uh, Mister Rogers. He had over fifty five kills in Vietnam, um, which is not true, by the way. Um, uh, I read uh, Snopes. <laughs> I read Snopes, sir. Um, we could raise literally anyone. Arcturus. Valerian's father. If we're trying to piss him off, that'll do it. But he was a bad guy. But he knows how to take out Valerian. We're supposed to be the good guys. When did we become? Obviously, he doesn't know how to take out Valerian. He lost. He lost. But I'm saying that he has to take out Valerian. I'm saying he he has the emperor. He has experience with the empire that could help us. He has experience getting his ass whipped. Yes, that's true. True it's like raising Absalom and asking him how to beat David. No, no, not not necessarily. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like raising David and asking what what are Solomon's weaknesses? Women. Oh, wonderful! We'll bombard him with women. And besides, when when he overthrew his dad, he didn't have the clockwork weren't in play yet. It's a whole different ballgame. Uh, to be clear, uh, the clockwork had just come into play. Um, uh, Valerian brought the clockwork to bear against. His father, right, and his, and, he, right. and he beat him. He right. knows ways around the city of Poor Hall that we don't. He he I'll would be what, able to. Since you're in this get crazy mood, how do you like this idea better? We should kid. We should try to go and kidnap Su Chung. <laughs> I agree, but I still think we should take on the necromancer as an ally. We need that all we dude can. knows how to take down clockwork. Absolutely, kidnap Su Chung. Lightning speaks up, um, Dave. When did lightning? You guys are in your office. Oh, okay. <laughs> I like how you look around in your room like, what the? Is what he fireflies he again? <laughs> um, unless you guys want a private counsel, then he won't be there. It's up to you. No, it's fine. It's fine. Lightning says, um, if I may speak up for a moment, uh, figuratively, of course, and he smiles, uh, I got two things to say. One, if, uh, if we're doing any sort of voting here or suggestions, I say we bring back Thorin. Uh... And two, bring back who? Thorn's right here. Th- oh, sorry, I'm going to kill him and then bring him back. Yes, correct. Let's see if it really works. Uh, I shoot Tharn. <laughs> <laughs> Go get the uh, necromancer. 
Thaddeus. I say mm-hmm. we bring back Thaddeus. Um, number two. I think okay. I have a uh, uh, help for you about your clockwork problem. Let's start with number two. Then we'll talk about Thaddeus. All right. Uh, Mr. Cash, who still refuses to tell us his name, uh, expresses that he might be able to pay off his entire debt in one fell swoop, and he says he has near intimate knowledge about the clockwork. And I want before you point fingers, I didn't say nothing about the clockwork. How he figured out that we wanted to know anything about them, it wasn't me. I don't like this, Mr. Cash. He's far too aware of our lines of thinking. So at your convenience, yep. we can bring him in and you can question him and determine the worth of his answers. All right, just it's gonna that's gonna take a little bit. So yeah, send word to the prison to bring him. Sure. Or to uh, the house of Vichira. I think that's where he was. That is where he is. I'll, I uh, you want him soon? When do you want him? Tonight? Tomorrow? Uh, no, no. Bring him first thing in the morning. First thing in the morning. You got it. Now. Oh, also, Ichiro has been uh, kind of discipling under lightning. Unless you ever tell me he's not, uh, you don't want Ichiro in the room, Ichiro will be listening in on everything, trying to learn. No. Ichiro is only there, so I can be clear, when lightning is kind of doing his official staff duties, which would not be this. Okay, so So Chiro's there when he's, like, arranging meetings and scheduling. He's not just, like, following them everywhere at all times. All right, so Chiro's not in the room right now. It's just you three and his translator. He would only be there, you know what I mean? Like, when Lightning's doing, like, his official duties. Gotcha, It's not when we're just hanging out. All right, so right now in the room is David, Thorin, Lightning, and his translator. Correct. All right, go on. You want to say something? Now, Lightning, about Thaddeus. If I... I think I know Thaddeus pretty well. I don't think Thaddeus would be very happy if we used a necromancer to bring him back from the dead. I think Thaddeus would be not <laughs> cool with that. Why? Because he did this whole martyr, I'm going to die and go to heaven, and we know he doesn't like necromancers, and now we're going to use a necromancer in some unholy ceremony to bring him back from the dead. I don't think he'd be happy about it. Right. For, first off, things have changed. Now you're in charge. He, <laughs> he doesn't have to die because you're going to tell him something to do he doesn't want to do. And uh, two... Uh, isn't this what Malganus was talking about? Everyone calls his art unholy. What's to say it's unholy? I'm just saying what I think Thaddeus would think right. it was unholy. Right, well, Thaddeus is a mature man and can develop and learn things. Hey, I'll put it this way. Hey, I'll make you a deal. If he comes back and he doesn't like it, we can shoot him. And we'll, we'll, bring, we'll bring him back if he's that upset about it. If he's upset about it, you have to shoot him. <sighs> okay. I'm not shooting Thaddeus. All right, I already, I already almost killed myself not shooting Thaddeus right, right. once. Right, I'm Dave, joking, I'm joking Dave, David. Dave. Nobody's shooting Thaddeus. I'm making a joke here. David knows better. I said we bring back Thaddeus. Right, we could use oh, him. Boy. I'm tired of trying to hold you on uh, your leash. I think Thaddeus does it better. But then I have to kill Tharn because Tharn can't. He can't play Tharn and Thaddeus. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! Let's let's. Talk it says about... to the DM who has to play like a hundred characters. Yeah. Let's think about I'm this. I'm not going to bring back Thaddeus if Dom's not playing him. Dom is Thaddeus. No, of course Dom will be playing him. I'm saying if I can play 100, I think Dom can handle too. So you want to bring back... I got you. I, I got to be honest, Lightning. I'm a little shocked that you're all of a sudden usually against these kind of things. Now all of a sudden you're all for this, what everybody else is against. Listen, he rolled a high diplomacy, and I have a low sense motive. So what I was able to... <laughs> uh, what Malganus says... Okay, I'll be honest with you. When he says A, kind of like, I think it's real. I mean, everybody's all prejudiced about 
freaking when people let me tell you about the nature of man and like points his finger at you and he goes let me tell you about the nature of man and when i say man i mean elf dwarf all living things i i i chime in like lightning bugs too don't forget them he glares at you um (laughs) and he goes let me tell you about the nature of man man is so prejudiced if you've got fur covering your skin or if you have scales or heck with that if your skin's just a different shade we all yell at each other and hate each other right the freaking mr mal what's his face over there He's a freaking skeleton, something that we all have in common, and he gets the most prejudice. People are just prejudiced for prejudice's sake. If he can't find one thing, they'll find another thing, and when there's nothing left to find, they'll just hate somebody because of uh, uh, his profession, right? People are stupid, people are prejudiced, and I hate it. All right, so we can't just be prejudiced against him because instead of, you know, being afraid of death, the guy tried to face it and face it on his terms, all right? So that kind of that spoke to me. But even more than that is, honestly, I want, I want Thaddeus back. I think... If I'm speaking candidly with you, David, you're making some interesting decisions that I'm not sure how to handle, and I think Thaddeus would handle it because I think he always had the right thing to say. And I think that we have people around us that help uh, fix us in a way. You know how – like I, I got problems. I got things. Maybe I'm not, I'm not active enough. I don't have enough initiative. But you do, and you can kind of balance that out as my friend. I think Thaddeus balanced out some of your weaknesses. That's what I think personally. I think we all have weaknesses. What would be the benefit of bringing Thaddeus back anyway? And come on, how dare you, David? Dave? You just answered it. You just David, answered it. You don't. You don't listen to me, and I don't blame you. I mean, we only really, honestly, we met like we met for knowing each other for like what almost a year now. I get that, but Thaddeus, for some reason, you'd listen to him when he made his points. There's something about the connection you two had about something. And the benefit of having Thaddeus back is I don't think you'll make as many mistakes. And I think of all times ever. Is a war, is when you need to not make any more mistakes. And listen, we all know that he was—he was the closest person to me, so we know I have bias here. I'm just telling you how I honestly feel. For once, I do agree with Lightning, but we still have one problem. We don't have his bones. Why do we know we need his bones? Yeah, necromancy. You need—you—you need the body. At least as that's as much as I've ever read about it. This is Thorne speaking. Right. Well, we can talk to Malganis and oh. see what he says. Okay, I agree. His body's around here somewhere. In a fly-eaten pile of crap on the beach. All right, well... Shall I summon Malganis, my lord? No. Don't bring him here, because that'll be a whole to-do, because nobody else wants him here. Um, I could set up a meeting in one of the houses in town. You know what? It's late at night, right? Yes. Yes. It's it's it's, it's Look, we'll I, say it's just turned to dinner time. Let's kill two birds with one stone. Let's summon him to the house of Ichiro and then we'll go meet with him and meet with Cash in the same Meet with who? Have Malganis brought to the house of Ichiro. We'll okay. go meet with him there and then we'll meet with Cash there. Okay. We'll do it in secret. Alright. Just us three and my two druids. Do you want I still think we should Send... Liquidate Mr. Cash. He knows too much. Seal. Seal. <laughs> Seal. Seal the note and have a runner go right now to the house. Right. Tell him to meet us there in an hour. Lightning goes over and he starts writing something and he carries out your instructions. He can read and write? He can read and yeah, write? he can write. We remember we were writing back and forth yeah. in common. He just can't. I, I know. <laughs> He's just mute, is all. I really. Thaddeus loves would love lightning. Thorin just likes to bust his chops. 
All right, you go. Uh, an hour passes unless you have any other preparations, and you go on over. And you go on over, and uh, uh, are is lightning going to go with you? Oh yeah, yeah. This cool. is his idea. All right, and I would recommend a, a, a sizable guard. No, he wanted secret. No, he my, dru- my druids. It, it, it's secret. That's the whole idea. Nobody else is for this. Um, and even the two druids, I kind of leave out of the room. They're just there okay. watching the door. All right, cool. Uh, all right, so you go into um, you're like in a hallway, and uh, Lightning says, "This room's Cash, and this room's Malganus. Which one you want first? Malganus. All right. He uh, opens up the door to Malganus, and you go in, and Malganus is sitting at a table. Uh, normally, food's brought forward, but uh, he declined all food. And this time he doesn't have somebody with him before, which ended up being uh, Brom. This guy is just Malganus alone this time. And uh, when you come in, he looks up and he stands up um, out of respect. I thought about your offer, and as a sort of introduction to see those, we do have someone we think might benefit being brought back from the dead. Might benefit us. My services are available to the Lin Kuei, however they are needed. And uh, just to be clear, you're telling me he's going to come back and be him, not a mindless zombie? I have rules. I have a code. I have not, and will never, bring back those who do not want to come back. And I will never use the bodies of those who have died without their permission. Not all necromancers are monsters. Okay. As you see his skull. <laughs> so what do you need to do this? Depends how many you want back and how strong their presence is still on this world. Right now we're going to start with one. Tell me about this person. Uh, his name yeah, is t- Thaddeus. Tell us about Thaddeus, please. <laughs> Thaddeus was a, a friend of ours, and I point to lightning. Um, a paladin and a... A religious and strong-willed man, so he might fall under the category you were talking about of somebody who, if he's against it, I guess it won't work. And he, he was killed. He was murdered. If that makes a difference. It is up to him to return. I will give him the opportunity. He may or may not take it. Do you need a body? I need nothing but time to prepare the ceremony. And I need you or whoever has strongest connection. Bring all the people who have the strongest connection to the man. Was he human? Yes. Good. I think Lightning and I are probably the only two available that even knew him. Then with your permission, I will prepare the ceremony and tell you of the time. Okay. Do it. I am honored that the Lin Kuei have finally seen fit to use my talents. And he bows if to this you. goes well, then we'll go somewhere from there. With honor, never rage. Actually, Thaddeus was a half-elf. Oh, I forgot about that. Liar. Wow, you just lied to Melganus. What a jerk. He's a good-for-nothing half-breed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so- you say he was human, then lightning whispers in your ear. Correction, he was a worthless piece of crap. We don't need him. He Never says uh, some of the ingredients necessary for the ceremony are expensive. If you were able to help me get them, this could go quicker. 
I am not a man of wealth. How much do you need? He starts listing off some things, and Lightning's like, that's enough, we'll handle it later. Just let Lightning know what you need, and we'll get it for you. Yeah. I'm the freaking Oroko, I don't pay for things. <laughs> now Ganis bows. Uh, unless okay. somebody else has anything to say to him, Lightning shows him out. Now, Tharn, are you going to be able to control yourself when we talk to Cash, or do you want to wait outside? You're not going to, like, cut his head off or anything, right? Not right away, no. <laughs> <laughs> I have not changed my opinion. I do believe he should die, but I will be self-controlled. Listen, here's my I thoughts on that. <clears throat> I am in no way ordering him to be dead or even trying to be complacent, like, wink, wink, I'll turn the away. But when he, if this is real... He'll be a free man, and you'll be a free man. And if you got some kind of beef with him, you two can settle that on your own time. Of course. Lightning opens the door and lets you in. And uh, Cash in. is it has um, you know, a nice little room, kind of like a churro is in. He's had provisions for him, but they're I'm gonna call them meager. They're average. They're not expensive or meager. Just average. Seems to be very fair. Okay. Mister uh, Cash, was it? He stands up and extends his hand. Which is a very common thing to do, not an ordinary thing to do. Okay. I, I shake his hand. I hear you're ready to pay off your debt. Yes, I believe I might be able to clear this whole bill up today. Or tonight, as it hopefully were. This, hopefully this time you'll use a little more wisdom than the last time we met. And remember who you're talking to. Of course. Now I have... Uh, an inclination that you need some information on clockwork, and I happen to know a lot about them and could provide you with uh, said information, answer all of your questions, tell you things about them, their weaknesses. Perhaps that would interest you. My eyebrow pops. Gross. Is it like pussy or? No, no, it's just like. I, I Why, uh. My what makes you think I want to know about clockwork? Oh, you people in the north of course i say this with the utmost respect and uh towards your proud people but uh, think you're you're clever and secretive when pretty much everybody knows that at the drop of a hat any moment tomorrow you could be fighting the ever expanding southern kingdom of the empire which i call home i'm, and, I'm gonna uh, roll a sense motive caleb yeah I'm just rolling for a BS vibe off this guy. I just want to note that this is like one of the first times we've used it correctly. <laughs> yes. I just want a general, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nineteen. Nineteen. Um, he seems to always have like something in his back pocket. At least he thinks he does. Uh, but he's certainly. It seems to you that he's telling the truth that he does know these things. Okay. As it goes for how he knows that you guys. Uh, might be uh, needing the information. Um, what he says surely does, makes sense. Whether or not he has another source of information, you wouldn't be surprised. It feels to you that you wouldn't be surprised if he's has has more sources than he's letting on. Why would you want to betray your? And I put in air quotes home to us. Well, uh, Mister, and he kind of points to you, Thorin. Mister Thorin. Uh, I simply want to be a free man. You want honest and straightforward answers? There you go. Well, this information you have is 
legitimate, you will be a free man. So you are interested. I'm interested. Very well. Let me tell you about the clockwork. I'll spare you the boring history of it. A man like yourself probably knows a bit of the history. But I will tell you that clockwork uh, creatures are different than any other golem or construct one might find. Constructs and golems are often imbued with souls. Wizards create them. They were the ones who first pioneered that field. But clockwork are feats of engineering, less magic. While there is some magic, of course, uh, they do listen to a single authority, and that surely was designed by magic. They are more independent. And as such, they lack some of the weaknesses you might find other golems and constructs to have, while still having their strengths. But they do gain a weakness that many other constructs and golems don't have, and that is to electricity. It seems to really interfere with their engineering, and in game, out of game terms, it does deals damage and a half to them. Um, they function surprisingly well in pretty much any other scenario. Obviously, they are still made of physical material. A blizzard would slow them down physically, but of course they wouldn't die of any sort of exposure. Water would pre present the same uh, problems it would to any other man who wanted to swing a sword. Perhaps a little less to them. They have a little more oomph behind their swing, but still enough. But that doesn't really interfere with their technology. It really is electricity that would interfere with them. There is, of course, the standard clockwork soldier, a machine designed simply to attack and defend. But the clockworks are all designed with gears and springs, less, of course, so than other magic constructs, which stitch together a bunch of carrion hides and it with some magic and it moves. No, this moves with the gears and the springs, and as such, it needs to be wound. There is a key for each clockwork soldier. And while a man could, with great strength, turn the key, generally clockwork servants, which are machines slightly smaller, are designed to maintain and keep clockwork soldiers and other clockwork machinations running. They'll carry the keys with them, they'll even do minor repairs out on the field. They themselves aren't very combat-heavy, though they do have some utility. They, almost all of them have a launcher on their shoulder that will shoot out a net to entangle a foe to let the soldiers have an advantage. The servants and soldiers are rarely ever seen apart. There is, of course, one of the greatest creations, the first really heavy-duty siege weapon ever created clockwork. That is the Clockwork Goliaths. Great big size of giants, but all made of machine. They have, of course, a, a cannon on their arm and other weapons that they can just absolutely bash things into the ground with and have been known to go one-on-one -on -one with a dragon in the past. Very strong creatures, that is for sure. But like all the other clockworks, they have a gear to turn and they must be wound. And servant strength allows it. A man without any sort of tools wouldn't have the strength to wind a clockwork goliath. He could design pulleys and things, but mostly they leave it 
to the clockwork servants. There are rumors, whispers, that they are designing a clockwork designed to flourish in the water, but there is only whispers. I do not have it on solid authority exactly what this creature would look like or is capable of, but I do have it on solid authority that it is being designed, if not has already been designed. There are very small clockwork creatures, maybe the size of a of a child's kickball, right? And this thing uh, has little spider legs, and it crawls around, and with a special crystal can record sound, and some special ones even record movement and play it back for whoever who might be interested. We call these things clockwork spies, good for scouting out the field ahead of their soldiers. These are all the sort of standard clockwork that have been developed over the years, but recently there has been some great advancements in the clockwork technology. There are three new clockwork that have been really out in the field. One, I'm sure many of much of the world, and surely a man as educated as you, a leader would of course have to have seen a clockwork dragon. These creatures were made to replace the dragons that they lost control of uh, maybe a year ago. Clockwork dragons are more of a... Think of like a, a frame than they are a clockwork than themselves. They're a, they're a template, a, a design to hold something else. Each clockwork dragon is unique in its own way. There are clockwork dragons that... Breathe out tar and ignite it as it comes out of their mouth to imitate a dragon's fire breath, you see. But that is simply just one of them. There's others that have great um, vats of acid inside them and breathe out acid instead. Others have uh, the ability to turn into a bombard and become mobile siege weaponry. You know, of course, in any war, you have to move up siege weaponry to attack a large structure or a fortified position, but moving the siege weaponry was always a problem, always difficult to escort it without it being, you know, destroyed. You couldn't use a weapon and also move it, not with what, not with siege weaponry. But the clockwork, they could move in a day, be halfway across the, the Great Divide, land, and turn into a bombard and start sieging away. Very good mobile siege platforms. Others of them breathe out a special magically treated metal that would rust your opponent's weapons. What will you do if your whole, if your opponent's army has no spears, has no swords? There's even a, one design that is silent, while most are very, very loud. There's a few other designs. It's what the clockwork dragons are designed to be versatile, whereas other ones like the soldiers are just designed to be mass-produced. The clockwork steed is their solution to the fact that they had to feed and take care of living horses to get their men to keep up with their clockwork armies. And now they need to only sustain the few living creatures that guide the clockworks in battles. The horses are now clockwork as well, and as such superior in near every way. But perhaps the most concerning new clockwork development has happened very recently. Only so, only very recently being deployed in the field. And that is a clockwork mage. They somehow found out a way to have magic involved in these non-magical constructs, these feats of engineering. And of course, it's artificial much as they are. They have no innate magic to pull from inside themselves to use. 
It's all through magic wands, previously imbued with magic. But they've now helped and designed clockwork that can take advantage and activate those magic wands to imitate mages of average power. And that is their newest creation, only very recently being deployed in the field. Very few people even know about that one. And that is the variety of soldiers made of an unliving tissue and uh, unliving sinew that the empire employs please if you have questions i may have answers Whew, that's a lot um electricity yes hmm wouldn't have guessed what happens if their command and control is taken out each clockwork is imbued when it's created what is necessary to allow it to be controlled by its uh, higher-ups, right? The people in the military, the emperor, of course, himself. Upon creation, to be changed, you'd have to bring it back to the factory and get it uh, reprogrammed, as it were, with the magical scroll that is used to program it in the first place. There's a scroll in each factory, and of course it is part of the highest secure uh, rooms in the entire factory. Have you ever seen it done? Have you ever seen a clockwork take a strike of electricity? I have. And how was that delivered? It was delivered through a lightning storm magically generated by the clockwork's own side. You see, you can afford to send a bunch of non-living creatures into a lightning storm to fight a battle, because if they die, they're not people. No one cares. So I have seen the Emperor, or you can only assume it's him in charge. We'll just say the Commanders, to be ignorant. Setting forth a battle where they caused a lightning storm over an orc base and sent the clockwork in. What was their reaction? The orcs? And the Commanders. Well, the Commanders giving the order didn't seem too bad. And you know, that's the real thing. In real war, when you make sacrifices and decisions like that, it weighs heavy on you. It makes you a different man. But I think we're lacking uh, generals who feel the guilt of war. Because what guilt is there in sending constructs? As for the orcs, so they are very unique in the way that they don't really fear a lot of things. And wouldn't react, I think, the way most people would. And did their best to fight, and not many ran away. But they lost. Hmm. Most interesting. Surely you have more questions about the clockwork. I'm so ready to answer them. <laughs> well, you've told us a lot. Um, when you were talking about all the different kinds of dragons, as far as you know, how many clockwork dragons are there? Well, you see, they do house them in these these silos right at their factory where they build them and send them up and there is five silos so we know there's at least five dragons but as for an exact number i do not know and you know where these five silos are yes they are around the factory which produces the dragons they build them in the silos and then send them out when they're finished and then the clockwork themselves i know i've se- i've seen them all over as guards and as this and that but where do they do they keep the how would you say army of them at the factories till a time when they would be needed? That is a question of some debate for ever since their creation they've been needed. 
There's not been a time where they've needed storage. They're constantly needed at the Orcish front. How have things been going on the Orcish front? It is assumed that very, very soon there will either be no orcs left to fight or a defeated enemy to deal with. The orcs uh, don't have the sense to give up. Or if they do, they don't have the... They don't give up their pride to do it. I've been trying very hard with no success to find out what the plan is to do with them if they do give up. I'd be very interested to find out what happens to the survivors. But the Orcish Empire, the lands that they owned, were just about as big as the Empire. So now with their success in this war, they've nearly doubled their land. Just So just to sum this up, as far as you know, electricity is the only way to defeat clockwork. It is their weakness. While anything can be mashed about, the orcs have taught us this. They've just brought enough force. Um, it is electricity that does the increased damage. Now, being that clockworks are made often of a very strong steel, many of them, much of them adamantine, the one thing that is to sure to damage them, no matter what, is adamantine weaponry. Normal weaponry can get destroyed, chewed up in the gears... And the hardness of the armor of the clockwork shrugs it off. Only takes minimal damage from it. The adamantine just ignores the gears turning and just slices right through that armor. Uh, game terms, clockwork have DR uh, and adamantine gets through it. And if you remember what DR is, it's damage reduction. So if you do, say it has DR 10 and you do 30 damage, it only receives 20. So, question, if it gets hit with a lightning strike... Mm-hmm. DR still counts? No. DR is for physical attacks. Okay. Those are the two things that could really... Actually, no, that's a great question. No, no, no. no. I might be wrong here. DR, adamantine, electricity, vulnerable electricity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Electricity goes through their armor. Okay. They are still very much physical beings. Lead them through water, they'll slow down. Just don't expect it to shut them down. Okay. Hey, well, that's very helpful. Incredibly. Incredibly helpful. Now, that sounds like that might come with a high price tag. Now, seeing as the information that put me in this predicament, foolishly myself, of course, uh, was worth a million gold just for the location of somebody, I feel that the weaknesses and the inner workings of an entire army, I think that must be worth even more than a million gold. So I say... If, of course, your good judgment, you agree, I think that this uh, would render us quite even. And my debt would be clear. Lightning says, um, a moment, Mr. Cash. And you guys step step outside to talk about it. Okay. Lightning looks to you. What do you think? Well, if he's telling the tr- truth, then it is worth that. The problem is, how do we know he's telling the truth? We can lure a single clockwork into an engagement. I have a lightning bolt spell I can cast on it. See if it works. The problem with that is the second we show our hand. It's true. Just logically, it seems to make sense. What do you think, lightning? Hey, I agree. If only I was made of lightning, I could win this whole war for us. Well, to be honest, I'm kind of for it anyway, because just maintaining him is yet just another headache we don't need anyway. I see your point, Thorn. I still don't trust him. He knows far too much. Yeah, yeah, we get that. 
Can somebody but, help, help me fix this broken record? How about uh, whether or not you think his, his information was worth a million gold? I think the, his information was worth a million gold, and I think the information he's gleaned from being up here will be worth a million gold to the Emperor. Especially now that the Emperor knows we know the weakness. We have to assume if we free him that he's told Valerian everything. I can't say it. That's a bad point as much as I don't want to agree with you. Ignore everything. We didn't know about this guy. We just found out that some guy from the Empire was living up here and wanted to go back home after just viewing our our, our society. It feels weird to call it our society, guys. If, I guess I guess kind of have a home. Regardless, would we kill that man? Lightning. Or imprison him or do anything to him to not let him go home? I see your point. But if we let him go, then we assume Valerian knows what we've done. And then we assume that Valerian will strike first. I don't know what point you're getting because I'm asking genuinely. What would we do to that man? Matter of fact, we're going to actually have to answer that question. Because part of your whole deal here that we talked about yesterday, uh, earlier today when we had the meeting with everybody was that we wanted to take everyone that was from the Empire and get them out. So if we're shipping them back to the Empire, well, what's to stop them from saying anything that this man would say? If we're going to stop him, and I'm not saying that we can't do this, I'm saying if we do, we also need to consider stopping the rest of them from going home. It's the simple fact that Valerian will know that we know. His whole battle strategy will change. So you think we should detain everybody? No, I'm saying that we should detain this man. But let the rest who would accomplish whatever he would do go? They they don't know we know the clockwork's weakness. That has been the That's the me. whole point of this. As soon as Valerian finds out that we know the weaknesses that the clockwork have, he's going to be changing his battle strategy, talking to his generals, figuring out a way to get around it. That's how wow. his mind works. I hear you, but I know Valerian, and this guy knows Valerian. And I don't think this guy's going to go back to the Empire and say, hey, by the way, I told them how to defeat Clockworks. Make a point. This guy's willing to sell his country to survive. If He, he probably values his life enough not to uh, go risk it. You mean like he did coming here to us? I, don't, I, think, I honestly think he was foolish enough to think he could to sell us this information without risking anything. I think he honestly believed it was just a business transaction and not... Uh, what did you call it, David? Uh, extortion. You know, I'm going to do a sense motive check on Lightning. Okay. What are you trying to do? Just tell, just tell if he's lying. Okay. Uh, actually, I should roll that. My apologies for not rolling David's. It's okay. He just did it, and I was just like, whatever. You want me to tell you my thing? Plus yeah, what's your, what's your bonus? Plus seven. Plus seven. Sense motive against Lightning's bluff if he is lying. You cannot get a read on him. Okay. Maybe it's because his translator's talking and he's not. Probably a little harder to read. Fine, fine. Just let him go. But I want to go on record as saying I do oppose this. And I want to be clear. I'm kind of in between. I'm just saying whatever we do to him, we do to the rest of the people that were... The rest of the Southerners that were, were shipping out. So if we let him go, we let them go. If we incarcerate him or whatever we detain him we detain everybody else well remember shipping the people out was going to be timed with the attacks 
I would not be opposed to shipping him out with the rest of them. Make him wait a month. But what do I know? I just got this job like a week ago. Is is the guy with an earshot if we're talking out here? No, right? No. Yes, on purpose went away. I do want to mention, it may not be a bad idea, right before the attacks commence, to inform the Empire of our decision. If we surprise attack them, it looks like we're in, in the wrong, because we're attacking them out of nowhere. Maybe that's uh, Maybe I'm just being crazy, but... That is crazy. That's our only real advantage. It's fair. But we can discuss strategy later. What is your decision, Orokusaki? Tell him he's free, but he's not free to leave the North yet. And then put a crow on him and make sure all teleport wizards in the area know not to offer their services to right. him. Something you would know as the Oroku is that there is very few magic users, and all the strong ones are in the employ of the Lin Kuei. The North is very weak on traditional magic. While they obviously have a lot of fang connection to nature magic, all traditional magic is not their forte. Right, but I've used teleport wizards. Right, here. you use their Lin Kuei. I got you. Yeah, I'm okay. just letting you know because you would know this is a Roku. All right, so Lightning, just let him know he is free, but he's not free to leave the North until we right. tell him. All right, I'll let him know. I'm sure he'll be happy to be and out of that put, room. And, and put, a crow, put a crow on him. You got it. Can't wait to find his body murdered by Thorin later. If he tries to slip away, um, let the crow know that he immediately is to uh, Inform the go to an, have an assassin. Yeah, go right, take him out immediately. They don't need to come to me first if he leaves. All right. Very well. I'll go release him. Okay. Uh, I go to the cell. All right. He looks up from his seat. I open the door, and I kind of just. Nudges my head to get on out. And he kind of gets up and smiles. And it kind of looks wary. As he goes through the door, I put my hand on his opposite shoulder. That, like putting my arm in front of him. Yeah. And I, I look down at the ground first. Mm. And then I look up. I want to apologize for my rash behavior earlier. I simply wish to defend the Urokusaki. You are free to go but on the condition that you do not leave the North until we give you the go-ahead. Is this understood? It is Mr. Thorne. If you need anything, you know where the Orokusaki is. Have a wonderful day, sir. Thank you. And he smiles. And I go to shake his hand. He cautiously extends his hand. I shake it, I let go, and I turn around, and I walk away. Okay. All right. And he as well leaves. Escorted out so that he doesn't get in trouble. Sneak into some room. <laughs> we wouldn't want that now, would we? Uh, Lightning, I want you to immediately inform Sedonis of all these new uh, things we've learned. So obviously, getting as many weapons made out of the adamantium as possible, as quickly as possible, and then also talk to the wizards about some sort of form of weaponized electricity alright then can I go to bed yes then I'm going to do what I need to do and, and good night gentlemen and um bye good night lightning <laughs> don't get in too much trouble alright he leaves you guys go to bed um yeah I don't have anything else to do 
Hey, Ergdrog. What class did you just come from? Pathfinder 102. Skills detail. With Professors Caleb and Christian? I remember that class. Hey, listen, whatever the question is, the answer is perception. Those guys have a boner for that skill check. Erdrog not need perception. Erdrog not need to perceive someone to hit them with an axe. Today in gym class. Erdrog, please report to the principal's office. Erdrog to the principal's office. Power attack, his legs don't fit that extra four damage. My strip mod's better than his. Do you know why you're here, Erdrog? Erdrog, you tried to sunder the gym teacher. He walked into my threatened square. He invoked an attack of opportunity. You only invoke an attack of opportunity when you leave a threatened square, Erdrog. And you can't even sunder a person. You can only sunder objects. Do we have to send you back to Pathfinder 101? What? With professors Caleb and Christian, who teach new and experienced players everything about Pathfinder? Yes, their classes help everyone to be a better player. If you like Pathfinder, you'll love their classes. Now, I want you to go back through 101, Basic Mechanics, and 103, Combat Detailed with Weapons, okay? Are you kidding me? Erdrog love those classes! Can't wait to take again. Hey, hey, no run actions in the hall! Pathfinder Academy, teaching you everything you need to know about the Pathfinder RPG. Every Thursday here on the Trailblazer Network. See you in class. David. Yes. In your sleep, have a dream. Okay. A dream, and in this dream, and, and note that whatever I describe in this dream all seems plausible, because always dreams are like that. Right? So in this dream, you're hot. Oh, you're, just, you're sweltering, and you're... Room has a lot of red lighting, lots of metal around, right? And you hear kind of like nails on a chalkboard, but sharper. And whether or not you think you know what it is, David in a dream doesn't know what it is. (laughs) And you wake up in a uh, very cold sweat. And have you ever woken up for a dream where you were afraid in the dream and it took you a few minutes to kind of realize, all right, listen, you, you, you need to like make yourself, hey, I'm not afraid. It's a stupid dream, right? You wake up and you're yeah. afraid for a moment. And you, you look outside. It's still very dark. So you must not have been asleep for more than a couple hours. And wake up, awake David uh, can have any theory of what that noise was that he wants. And I'm sure he actually knows what it is. Okay. I, um, hmm. I get darn. Okay, I wake up. What, what, what? Yeah, a, a, a servant comes and wakes you up and says, you're needed by the Oroku. Very well. And I, I get dressed quickly. Okay. I don't put my armor on, of course, but I, I grab my my sword and a couple other things. All right, you're brought to Orokusaki's uh, quarters. Yes, my yes, my lord. Um, I have a very curious, I think, a, cu- a problem. Yes. Um, one of the assassins that came from my world is a man who attacks you in your dreams. Oh, a sadistic murdering son of a gun? That guy? Something like that. And um, I don't know how or why, but he's seems to be on the prowl again. I've already beat him once. How would he have... Would I 
would I know who this is by this point? Would I know who he's talking about? Because of the... It's up to... David, you can tell how, how much you've told him before. It's up to you, David. I don't think I ever told him anything. Okay. If we're being honest, right? Yep. And then I can I wouldn't I wouldn't have said what I was about to. So never okay. Mind. All right. You would know that all but, the assassins have been locked up because you were there at the SCP Foundation twice. But I don't know which assassin if he's what assassin he's talking about. That's what I'm saying. Right. This I is an assassin we defeated, so he must. have... But I never actually saw him there. Correct. Saw him where? In the SCP Foundation. Yes, yeah. you did. He was in a straight jacket. Most of them were not in straight jackets, but he was there in a straight jacket. He was given the whole Hannibal Lecter setup. So if he's running free, then somebody freed him. Would you allow me to go take a Would you allow me to take a small detachment, very small, two or three of us, and go to um what's his name? Head of the SCP Foundation. Uh the Su Chong. Su Chong. Would you allow me to go speak to Su Chong and check to see if this assassin is still there? Or we can always contact Valerian. That would be dangerous. It would be. It would also be dangerous to kill him, the assassin. If we kill him they, in, and the Empire has sent him, then they know that they failed. All right. Um, yeah, but if you go and they've sent him, you might not come back. This is true. How would you recommend we proceed? I've got an idea. Yes. What if we capture him? Okay. So the way this works is he he attacks in your dreams, but the key to him is knowing that you're in a dream and I can do whatever I want. And then at the at a specific time, you would have to observe me and wake me up and I can bring him here into the real world. Okay. Except instead, in this time, instead of killing him, we could detain him. What? How will I know once you've captured him? Will will will, will there be a sign? Um, yes. Um, See, Dominic knows stupid. Dominic learns. <laughs> I'll. I'm going to. Uh, and if it all stays consistent, you'll see that. You'll see me do that. Grappling him. Yes. And then wake me up. Have Should the two I... druids in the room with you. And when he comes through, he's dangerous, but he's still just a man when he comes through. Should I look for any signs? Any hand gestures? Yeah. <laughs> this. Okay. And if I, if I look like I'm in real trouble at any point other than that, just wake me up. Okay. I'll, I'll assemble the guard. I, I get the two druids. Uh, you know, I wake lightning up. Okay. He comes in, he's like, what is going on? Please, I want to sleep. Uh, he sees back. you guys serious, and he's like, what is going on? Freddy's back somehow. And now I have the capability to dream, before I just had to watch you guys. Now, this is great. We're, I'm glad I've stuck with you, David. Things have worked out real well. So, uh, we're going to attempt to do what we did last time. Wait, I know just what we need. Give me a second. And he leaves. Comes back with a few minutes, and he has. he's carrying three... Um, glasses and a bottle of whiskey. What do you call his Tom? What do you call his glasses? Tom? Tom Tom's. No. What do you call those glasses? Shot glasses? Tumblers? No. The, the, Saki glasses. They're named after a person. Saki glasses? Just the... I don't know. Oh my gosh. Tom Collins. 
three Tom Collinses and a, and a, and a whiskey bottle. He puts it down and he pours, uh, pours three and he goes. Why three? Here we go. Why three? Him, you, and Thorin. Now someone needs to stay awake. I'll stay awake. Oh, this isn't about going to sleep or about staying awake. This is about dealing with the following situation. And he and he downs some. Uh, <laughs> oh, you just need a drink. That's right. Okay, I drink. And I, I take my cup and I pick it up. And I, I'm sure there's like a mantelpiece in David's room or something. Uh, or somewhere I can put it. I go off to the side and I put it down. I say, I'll drink that afterward. Wait, okay, did I, you uh, tell me all the guys are locked up? Yeah, which makes this very disconcerting. Oh, boy. Can't we just go to war all nice and peacefully? This time we're not going to kill him, we're going to capture him. I see. He looks up at the two big droids and he goes, You mean they're going to capture him? I get to stay yes. awake. Get something blunt and heavy. No, I'm going to go to my room and just not sleep until you tell me everything's over. Because the only thing I can do here is die. Okay. If that's cool with you, boss. Fair enough. Fair enough. I would recommend... Uh, what are those things with the roots? You want a tree in here? I would recommend having a tree in so that the roots can grab him and twist around him and stuff. Not a bad idea. Okay. Uh, and he, he talks to one of the druids to find out where one is, and he goes, I'll be back with him. Eventually comes back with a, a looks like an old woman made out of wood. I give a shallow bow. She nods her head. Um, I kind of bring her up to speed on the situation, and I say, so, when David wakes up, if he has this thing, it's going to be in David's arms. What you do is you grab it, and you twist it tight in your roots. Don't kill him, but make sure that he can't escape. Um, one of the druids, not her, says, uh, she says, okay. Thank oh, I didn't you. think of something. Yes? When he comes through, one of those seeker things or two are going to come looking for him. Oh, that's not cool. That's really not cool. That adds a wrinkle to this. Yeah, because no, that went so very well last time. Actually, it doesn't. Because if we capture him alive, then Valerian has to send the Seekers to come get him. And then that gives us an excuse to ask why he was free. It puts Valerian in the hot seat. We have total deniability. Something else, by the way, that happened last time that's important is the very end of the session, you got a letter from the Emperor himself that was worded in such a way as to, if anyone accidentally got it instead of you, they wouldn't be suspicious, but essentially said the Foundation uh, captured another person from your world. It was a dog, a husky, with a collar that said, oh, right, 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 right. That said uh, John Carpenter, and it seemed friendly. The note pretty much said, nothing has come through that's been like an animal or friendly. Uh, advise if you know what it is. Forgot about that. And, and, and you have yet to respond, because we did it just at the end of the episode. Yeah, yeah, that changes the plan. I forgot about that. All right, let's. That changes the plan. Let's go. Now we can go. What? What do you mean? What changes? Because now they've asked for our input, so now we can take a. um, We can teleport there and go see for ourselves, and ask about Freddy. Okay. Because now we have a reason to be there. It's not suspicious. All right. Want me to summon the uh, the uh, wizard? It says lightning. Yeah, let's do. Yeah, let's do that. All right. I'm drinking coffee. <laughs> I I look at the old tree. I do apologize. Um, she smiles with her eyes, and the druid says, "It is a delight to at least be in the presence of the Iroki Saki." Uh, eventually, 
uh, you know, she leaves and eventually comes, Lightning comes back with the wizard, and the wizard says, um, you know, I have prepared every day the spell for teleportation as soon as I woke up, because I knew that if there was anything you would call on me last minute for, it would be teleporting. So I've, I've even studied enough that I can cast the spell now two times a day. Beautiful. Oh, well, you're very wise. Helpful. There and back again in one day. You are truly, uh, you are truly in, uh, a, a one to be admired. What is your name? His name's on a sucker punch. Next time I see you, <laughs> you know where I hang my coat. You're welcome yeah. here anytime. Takagi. Nice. And he's older, definitely an older okay. person. Okay, so just me, Tharn, and um, the wizard then. All right. The druids no. No. Lightning says, I'm not going to sleep till you come back and say everything's okay. So don't take too long because I am freaking tired. Okay. Takagi gives the incantation, makes the special gestures, and everything goes white for you. And then you are restored in front of the SCP Foundation, which immediately calls to attention its guard to uh, come at you. And when they realize who you are, um, um, one of the guys says, uh, one of the humans says, state your business. And you uh, are you are well surrounded. We are here to speak to the uh, general. What's his? What would Suge his title no. be? What was his title? Be I'm saying he had no title. You could just say Mr. Oh, you could just say Mr. Suchong. We're here to speak to Mr. Suchong. We received a letter requesting urgent information. I was not informed of any visitors. We didn't intend on coming so quickly. With all respect, wait here. Don't move. Of course, you have to do your job. I wouldn't have it any other way. He leaves, but the rest of the things do not. And there is a clockwork Goliath, like, not maybe 50 feet, 100 feet away from you. He goes into the facility. Ooh, 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 okay. Later comes out and says, you may go in. It is requested that you leave all your weaponry out here with us. We'll take care of it. Uh, do we pass by the clockwork Goliath on our way to surrender our weapons? Yep, he's by the front door. Uh, as I surrender my weapons, I walk by him. I look at him and say, you're a big fella, aren't you? Just like kind of looks at you, which is more than most clockwork do when you dress them. Mm-hmm. But it turns its head and looks at you. You guys surrender yes. weapons? I do. Yeah. All right, what do you What do you give to him? My gun and my bow. Okay. Dom. Mm. What the heck? Everything. Tell me what those things are. What weapons do you have on you? I have uh, my bloodletting kukri and my sword of dichotomy. Okay. They take those things from you, um, and they let you in. You go through the first door, secure, the next door says contain, the next door says protect, and now you're in the facility. And there's men there waiting for you, and uh, they'll say, we will escort you to Sichong. Okay. And they, they knock on the door and say, director. And he says, um, bring them in. And uh, Suchong looks tired, as if he had also, too, just woken up. And he says, um, uh, Mr. Uh, Cohen and Mr. Dragonson, I did not expect you. Please excuse me. Um, um, <laughs> I did not expect to see you without the Emperor. Not sleeping well? And I kind of look around the room. Uh, I was sleeping just fine before I was uh, woken up for the pleasure of knowing your company. Um, I take it you're showing up from the letter? Yes. You could have just sent back a letter. You have, uh, but uh, as you are here, tell me, uh, what do you know about the dog uh, whose name... Uh, and he goes through some files and pulls out something. John Carpenter. We have learned nothing new. Is it, is it locked up? Yes, everything, of course, locked up. 
has any who's been in contact direct con contact with it it is a policy that no one comes into contact with it yes, so far it has only been the clockwork they took it from the room that has the Haraju cube and brought it to its seclusion chamber. The chamber has That's good. This has been uh, equipped with a standard, nothing uh, tailored to idiots since we do not know what it can do, but standard to mute the room and no noise come from inside the room and standard to block any sort of magical capabilities, teleportation, things like that. But that, no special containment good. procedures have been yet designed since we know not its capabilities. Uh, Mr. Freeze seemed to not know anything about it. Uh, of course, you could be lying, but it's, what can you do? That's okay. Freeze was made before the movie. <laughs> yeah, the dog is actually, believe it or not, quite dangerous. It's actually a not a dog at all but a, an organism or a parasite that takes on, the takes on the form of its host and then can move into other hosts by contact, like a disease, and is a uh, kind of a terrible monster. And you see, like, writing this stuff down. Is there a name for this monster? We'd like to give the names thing. to our SCPs. Uh, in my world, it's just called The Thing. The thing. Yeah. I'm not horribly specific. And just so you know, the, the only way to test for it to see if it had infected anybody is it has a base uh, defense instinct. And so what you do is you draw blood of a person who you think might have been in contact with it. You heat a piece of metal and touch it to the blood. If the blood jumps away from the metal... Than the person's infected. Mm, I have increased security and I should have everyone tested. Is this a, your advice? Yes. And if the blood jumps, unfortunately, that person must be destroyed. Liquidated. Mm. Fire is good. its weakness. But uh, since we know it's in the cage, we know it's not affected anybody, yeah? Uh, if it takes on the form of it's a host, if it's still a dog, then it's a dog. As far as I know, you have to come and direct contact with it. Can we see it? I'm confused. If you, why need to test for it? If you know there's only one, you just see who's, uh, where's the one. Now we know it's a dog. Well, if if the me... dog goes away, then we know he's infected to somebody. Yeah? Well, if you know for sure no one's come in contact with it, then we're fine. Just make sure no one does. Okay. Does it have a way to, uh, to uh, reproduce? Tell me it is not safe for reproducing. <laughs> Tell me it needs a mate. Not that I know of. It needs, yeah, it needs a host. Is, this is like, um, you say, a parasite. Uh, so does it uh, multiply or does it uh, simply infect and replace? Oh, I see what you're saying. Um, no, it it, it 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 multiplies. Each one would become its own separate monster. You see. Do these separate entities work together? Yeah, but again, it only works in the most base instincts of survival reproduction it as far as i know can't it doesn't have a plan other than to continue and multiply and defend itself i'm very happy that we have no humans touch this thing when we have put it away why is it a dog well i'm 
without having a full understanding of exactly what these things are that come through. Where I'm from, this is a, a, a made-up story, a fictional character, and that was the original form of it from the story. Like everything Dog, else has come from here, it's from a story from your world. And the guy that dreamt it up, his name is Carpenter. I see. Is there anything else we need to know about this creature? The other strange thing is everything else that came through at least was intelligent enough to know it was looking for me. I don't recall anything with the story that this could be directed at one person. Hmm. I'm not quite sure what its purpose was. Yeah. Collateral damage? Mm. If its purpose is to make more of itself, then it need only add the purpose of killing you. Maybe Freeze can shed some light. If I give him this information, maybe he will be a trick to remember some things. Can we see it? The creature? The policy is no. If you give me a good reason, I may let you, but my inclination is no. Of course, I understand. Uh, Speaking of which, why do you show up instead of send letter? Well, it's funny you should mention that. Also... I had a. Um, we wanted to make disturbing sure. Disturbing dream. I I I kind of jump in front of David so he doesn't. Before he says the disturbing dream part. Okay. We wanted to make sure all the prisoners were accounted for. Oh yes, yes, yes. We have every every couple hours we make rounds. Yes, everybody's accounted for. I kind of give a look at. I give a side look at David. If you are worried about Soze, we have been taking your device in no direction. He is secure. But the fact that the only time he's a talk so far is with you. He doesn't even jeer as, as some of the others do. Of course, since they would threaten David's life, you would let us know if any of them ever escaped. Yes. Why are you so concerned? What is happening? He never I had realized. a disturbing dream that reminded me of the one that's called Freddy. Uh, yes, a good name night of Mayor 13. Um, I had a dream that gave me suspicion that he was somehow loose again. We can, well, we can solve this problem right now. And he goes for his files and he goes, here, and he throws a clipboard in front of you. And he goes, um, that is t- last night's check. Happened to, or tonight's check. Happened to exactly an hour and 36 minutes ago. And you're going to see he is found in his room, a secure in his containment straps. For my own peace of mind could we go peek in and make sure he's there I won't talk to him or ask to go in the room I promise very well but this is quick yes yes okay okay very well and he gets up from his desk and he goes around and he gestures you to follow him outside of the room and you're there's guards everywhere and you, you go down the hallway and you go and you pass a couple people you, you pass uh you pass a room where literally the only thing in the entire room, it's not even padded like some of the other rooms, it's just there's just a radio in the middle of the room. Uh, and you go past another room until you get to Freddy. And there is Freddy in the middle of the room on uh, hooked up to um, a thing, uh, what do you call it, like a stretcher almost that's vertical, and he's uh, in a straight jacket. And he has a mouth guard on. Interesting. He, he is secure and he's a continue. Maybe another one came through. And, ooh, the second Freddy. Hmm. Is there one? And since, he, and since he only appears in dreams, 
your your robots might not even then, be aware this of. This is this is going to be because when it, something comes through, the Haraja cube activates. The Haraja cube activates, and the Haraja cube has not activated at all. Uh, even when Freddy came through the first time, it activated, and we were surprised that nothing came through. And we had the dreams, and then we took him out. Interesting. So the. Unless, unless another new thing has happened, was they are coming two at a time, which has not happened so far, uh, he did not come with the John Carpenter, or the, the thing, as you say. Hmm, that's disturbing. Okay, well, thank you, and I hope I was helpful with the dog. You were very helpful, I appreciated everything. And next time that you do, can you just send a letter? We'll be sure to send a bottle of sake with it. Well, uh, your presence is very helpful, and honestly, less than I wish uh, I could actually... Uh, more than... Uh, not the same English. I want you to come more, but the Emperor is, seems to be very uh, stingy with your presence. Um, I wish you could come more, but um, it is a security risk to have the doors open so often. I understand. But I do not want you to hesitate if it's any problem that we need to know immediately coming. It's better live and risk than uh, die with no risk. Because then, indeed, quite opposite that the risk is high. Understand? Understood. Yes, understood. Okay. Uh, is there anything I can uh, accommodate you with uh, for you to go home? <laughs> if only, if only, my good doctor. I don't say that. <laughs> no, I think that'll be fine. Okay, thank you for the uh, help. Um, I squat you out. And gestures to two soldiers. I give a low bow. Uh, and he bows back. Kind of surprised to see somebody bow. Okay. And uh, as you go, he says, Oroku. Yes. And he smiles and goes, Quite uh, quite different from the last one. Oh. <laughs> well, thank you, I think. Good luck. And you guys get to go. Right, they take you out. The wizard's waiting out there. Okay, we teleport back. Takagi takes you back. You're back in your room. And Lightning's like pacing back and forth. And he sees you and he goes, What's up? It's not one. Well, the good news and bad news. The good news is he's definitely still there. Awesome. The bad, the bad news is I definitely had that dream. <laughs> so I think just for the sake of not putting it off, we should move ahead and... uh Watch me sleep. Okay. Okay. Did we learn anything new? No. Other than that nothing came through. Or at least they're saying nothing came through. Alright, I'll get that. I'll get the Lady Tree back. Okay. And he gets her back, and uh, you commence with your your, uh, your plan? Experiment. Yep. Alright. Uh, so, Dom, are you going to stay awake all day? I'll stay all day. All night, I mean. If David's asleep, I'll stay awake. Um, however, question it may not mean much. It's middle of the night right now where we are in the Northern Kingdom. Yeah. Was it? Did it look near sunrise or near sunset or what? what near. A, uh, what a great question. I don't know. Is the time difference? Things enough to say that. I'll just say that we'll put out there the asterisk that you guys might be able to tell me later. Oh. That wouldn't work, mm-hmm. but we'll just say that it was a it, it, the light was just starting before sun's sunrise. The twilight, right okay. Sunrise. It's a little at, bit ahead of you. Okay. 
So you're, you're to the east. This is the sun rises and the east sets in the west. Mm-hmm. That makes sense to me. Okay, I'll stay awake right. and watch David for okay for a few weeks. Go back to sleep. Uh, you, uh, David, you don't have any more dreams. You have a dreamless sleep. Of course. Okay. Or if not a dreamless sleep, uh, nothing that seems to be an out of ordinary. It does take you a little bit to go back to sleep. Uh, for whatever reason, your body just was like a little too excited to want to go back to sleep. Um, but you eventually go sleep and have a normal day, and you wake up. Uh, Thor, and you are fatigued for staying okay. up all day. I look at David. My lord, if I may, I wish to sleep for a little while. Yes, go ahead. Thank you. I recuse myself, and I go sleep for about eight hours. Okay. Unless David wakes me up. All right. No. All right, what do you want to do, David? It's the morning. Um, I go and see uh, Sidonis. Okay. Nice. Sedonis has been packing up from the front uh, since you've ordered him to, and uh, he's near the palace. And he bows, gives you the symbol in Quay. Kashet uh, Jedi, uh, how may I help you? Or how may I help you? <laughs> that New York Seder accent. Have you received the information from Lightning about our our new intelligence? I have. What do you think? What I'm gonna do, you see, is gonna definitely get the swords made out of Mantine. It's gonna acquire a little doing. We don't have a big abundance of that stuff around here, so we're making some trade deals with the dwarves. And, uh, I'm trying to make it done with some tele uh, with with uh, the wizard uh, because we don't have time to do it traditionally, right? We want the stuff as soon as possible. It's made it a lot more expensive than we wanted it to be. But uh, I want to okay. get swords made of the adamantine, and you got to get that metal from somewhere, so we got to get it from the dwarves, since we don't want to have the Empire all of a sudden, hey, why did somebody buy enough for 5,000 swords from us, you know what I'm saying? So I'm trying to get that. Paying a little more to keep it on the table. Uh, in addition, uh, I'm, the wizard can't do a bunch, but after he's done with all the teleporting and stuff, he's going to help enchant the swords. He can't enchant 5,000 of them, he enchants a couple a day, so we give them out to the higher guys first and go down the line. So by 30 days come, or maybe we say 20 days now, uh, we should have at least a couple dozen swords that will harness the power of electricity with every strike. Okay, I, um, except for like a small amount that I keep for myself, I, I take all my ammunition that I have, mm-hmm. and I um, have them tip these bullets with it. Adamantine. It would actually, yeah, it would actually take a very, very small amount to do a lot, and that's something that you could have a. You wouldn't even need to waste the wizard on. You could have any blacksmith. Okay. Melt down some, and uh, all he has to do is coat the tips. You know, I show him how bullets work. It's only this little piece that actually goes. Okay. So that shouldn't be much trouble. All right, I'll get it done. I'll have somebody do it. Right now, my biggest problem. Is trying to figure out, you know, getting our stores ready is no problem. That was easy to, to get, you know, hand off to other people to organize. But what I'm trying to figure out now is how to work around uh, freaking mobile siege weaponry. If I think it just land it and then crush us is a problem. And also, here's where my ignorance of this land comes in. We also need some form of weaponized electricity. That's what we're getting the wizard to enchant the swords with. Uh, if, you know, you know, we have the power of nature, but nature, uh, we, we ain't got much when it comes to electricity. We'll also see if there is a wizard has an ability to summon a lightning storm. 
Right. I'll talk to the wizard, but we only have a couple wizards, so it won't be super helpful. But I'll talk to him. But you're saying you do know a way of the swords, an enchantment? Yeah, it's so a singular wizard could enchant swords. He can't do a bunch. He can do a couple a day, and we're giving them up to the higher guys, and we go down the list as we get them. All right. We'll just keep on cranking around the clock. Right. Have the wizard sleep in shifts if you have to. Right, right, right. But the, the real deal for me is trying to plan strategy here. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Mobile siege weaponry is like a whole new thing to come up with. Right, that's all I had to do for then was make sure that the war preparations are happening. He says, "All right, I'm gonna. I'm doing my best right now. I'm focusing on strategy. I'm gonna try to figure this stuff out." Okay. By the way, you were right. We've. I mean, I don't know, but what's gonna happen later? But as of yet, no interactions with Suko or her Warvians or her bugs. Yeah, I would assume the word has gotten out, at least locally. And uh, what else would you like to do, David? Uh, war prep is happening. Uh, Lightning says, uh, "Somebody here to see you." Um, Yumiko, um, the medic. Okay. Should I send her in? Yep. All right, Yumiko comes in, gives the symbol, bows, and she says, uh, Rokusaki, I have um, news about your daughter. Okay. How did you come about that? She visited me yesterday. Really? And what did she have to say? She woke me up in the middle of the night, <laughs> and, and it's something that we discussed earlier. Do you remember when you tasked me with with finding out <clears throat> some way to have someone sleep without dreams? Yes. And I told you it couldn't be done. And then Suko told us that it didn't matter anymore because with Ichiro, whenever she was with him, she didn't have the dreams anymore. Okay. Right? Well, that's the last I ever heard about all that. Last night, I saw her in the flesh. And even though she wore uh, partial, her face was partially obscured by a by a mask, I knew it was her. From what I could see, was scarred, and she spoke like Suko, and she looked like Suko. Had the same build. I'm confident it was her. And she said she wanted a potion to make dreams go away. And, but you were never able to do that, right? And that's what I told her. She grew angry, but she left without harming me. I, I would have come. Uh, would have come sooner, but they tied me up, and it took me a while to get unrestrained. And she didn't ask or say anything else? No, she was just very adamant about having a dreamless sleep, and she didn't hurt me, though. She did nothing aside from tying me up. I'll come to you as soon as I was able. Okay, well, I'm glad you're okay. Um, okay, well, since you didn't have what you wanted, I, I, I'm assuming you'll be okay, but if you'd like, I could assign you a guard. I would like that. Okay. Uh, Lightning, assign her to human Link Way. You got it. Just in case Suko shows back up. All right. All right. She is dismissed, bows, gives the symbol, says the quote, leaves. Those of you who don't remember, Kashet Jedi means never age. So Suko's having bad dreams too, huh? And Lightning says, well, she doesn't have a Chiro anymore, now does she? this is a good thing to know and maybe if she's weakening as it were maybe she'll start to rethink this whole thing come to her senses maybe she will oh. well speaking of it Chiro I think it's time I send for him show him how we do things okay uh, all right, so he has a Chiro come in and since it's kind of the early part of the day the part where you talk about 
all the kind of logistic things. Yeah, yeah. So, as long as it's cool with you, he's going to be there for a little bit. Yep. Okay, here's what I do. Like a uh, good general. State farmer's there. I go and um, sort of inspect all the preparations. Ooh. Okay. So I, essentially, I essentially tour the uh, operations. All right, all right. Uh, in doing so, of course, Sidonis is as you were before. He's in front of maps. And he's trying to build bounce back ideas. Uh, people in charge of infrastructure and stuff are trying to organize getting the adamantine over and manufacturing it into weapons. Uh, things like that are happening. Um, give me a specific place, and I'll tell you something specific. Uh, okay, we go. I go in to check out the wizards that are making the swords. Okay, it's actually just two wizards. One you know, which is the Mr. Teleporter. And uh, they're actually, they're not making the swords yet, uh, because they, the material hasn't come in yet. Yeah, actually, yeah, they, they just they don't have anything to do yet. They're waiting for the materials to come and the swords to get made. Okay. So we don't have any of this stuff yet, is what you're saying. Alright, unless anything else you have to happen, eight hours pass. Okay. Middle of day. My character, right, darn. My character shoots awake. <laughs> he had an epiphany while he was I did. I did. Lightning has just struck my brain. I uh, I get my clothes on quickly, full armor, everything, and I grab a horse and I ride out to Sidonis. All right. Well, Sidonis is there. Yeah, Master Dragonson. Sidonis, I've had a I've had a I've had an epiphany. I've had an apostrophe. That must have hurt. <laughs> um, I think I have a way to take down a lot of the clockwork at one time. Please do not hesitate to inform me. So when you step in water and there's an electric eel, what happens? He smiles. I know where you're going with this. A big puddle. Hmm. Or we can even adopt the uh, um, the insect way of fighting. Dam up a certain piece of area. And then when we have enough clockwork in a certain area, we break open the dam. The field will flood with water. Just knee, knee height or even foot height. And as they're not going to think about it, they're going to keep coming at us, and then we electrify the water. This is a good idea. I'll take it into consideration. I had to get that off my chest. I'm sorry for barging in here, General. That's fine. Thank I'll you very much. You're welcome. I'll leave you to your job. Thank you. And I and I leave. As you leave, he goes, uh, what, uh, what do you do at night to yourself, Mr. Dragonson? What do I do at night? Yeah. Usually I sleep. Well, if we ever want to do a little more than sleeping... Head over to my place. You got it. All right, see you later. See you later. So I leave. All right. Um, you go I... into the Orokusaki's room, and there is Lightning, Chiro, his translator, David, his two my guards. My grandmother, I get it. His two guards, and that is it. I barge in. <laughs> I'm awake! I, I walk in and I say, Master Rokuzaki, I am here and ready to serve. Completely awake, 100%. <laughs> no longer fatigued. Yes, sir. Here I am. I am here. Yes, sir. Tell me what you think about this. I had an idea of sending out a scout party to go observe the work fronts and see what's left of them. Maybe we could lend them some support and keep those fronts open busy that is devious david says lightning <laughs> more devious than i'd give you credit for i like it i simply would be careful of being caught that's all i don't like it if anyone cares why don't you like it you're arming monsters 
Why'd you give the people like the orcs more weapons? Rather than having letting the empire have their land. I don't know if I'd go as far to say we're going to give them weapons. I'm just saying let's just go see what's going on and see if there's some way, even if they didn't know, just to keep it busy. Did anything happen while I was asleep? Sorry, I'm just like you said last session. I'm not a wartime console yet. I don't like this stuff. I think it's a brilliant idea. At least to scout out the area. All right, I send a couple of crows. All right. Um, I look at David after he does that. Did anything happen while I was asleep? Just caught up with Sedonis to make sure that all of our preparations are moving forward based on Mr. Cash's uh, information and that Suko came and saw Umiko. I'm, I'm taking a sip of water. <laughs> <laughs> and we Say let her get what? away? Yeah. Well, apparently she's having bad dreams too, so. So why'd she go see the doc? Because a while back I was trying to work on a way to create a potion that lets you sleep without dreams, but it couldn't be done. And so why'd she come see the doc? She knew that the doctor was working on that and she wanted some. Did the doctor tell her there was no potion? Yes. Why would she do that? Well, we weren't there to consult her. Ah. She should have given her a vial of poison and told her that was it. Yeah. <laughs> Drink this, you won't have any dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Lightning laughs and then um, a warm splash goes across like the left side of your face from the direction of lightning. And you look over, and there is a sword through the gut of lightning. Immediately, the druids transform and go after the assaulter, and it is a Chiro who has stabbed lightning in the back with a sword. Oh, my gosh. One of the uh, druids turns into a bear and just hits him across the face. And I don't know if you've ever seen a bear claw, but yeah. it's nasty. And the other druid turns into a panther, and right after his face, before he even gets hits the ground, it goes at his neck and has him in the neck. And, you know, the sword is, just by Ichiro being pulled back, is pulled out of lightning. And Nightling kind of just, like, looks down and then falls to his knees and he holds his stomach, which is not so helpful since he also uh, has a hole in his back. I, uh, one of the, the druid who is a bear says, um, uh, Release the weapon uh, or he will snap your neck. And you can see the panther is real tight on his neck. What were you going to say? I'd say uh, I grab lightning and I, I try to... Um, I try to hold the wound down, put pressure on it. Okay, uh, so you can climb on his back now? Yeah, I yell, Doctor! Yeah, Someone get, get a doctor! Get Umiko. Okay. Uh, and, um, you know what? What? Oh, you know what else? I re-upped, so I immediately pour a cure wounds potion in his mouth. Okay. Um, he, he, uh, he swallows it, and now it's happening. Um, uh, Achiro speaks, uh, struggling. He says, um, she's smarter than you. You can't win. And the druid says, um, boy, I will not be saying this a, sec a third time. Drop the sword or you die. Um, yes. At that point, I look up. I say, wait. Uh, and I, I approach. Achiro turns the sword and stabs it in his stomach and carves his stomach open and his intestines fall out. As he um, jolts into himself, the quick movement caused the panther <coughs> to snap his neck, worried that it was an attack. Let's go, and a limp ragdoll falls to the ground, and a churro passes. Out of frustration, I kick his body. And I kind of just... It, it <coughs> behaves as a cadaver should. Okay, I yell for Umiko. All right. Uh, she rushes in a few minutes later with potions, of course. 
and David, as like after you poured it down, like the wounds bound up a little bit, uh, with a bloody hand, lightning grabs your hand, and he does the symbol for friend that he did earlier. Remember, mm -hmm. they taught you. He does that with you. Links your fingers together, and smiles, and he's trying to sign something, but he can't. It's too much. I stick with him, like as she's working on him. I don't leave him. All right. And she uh, yeah. She pours some potions down at his throat, and after a little bit, he uh, he kind of recovers. You see, the wound binds up. And there's still a lot of blood, but it's just the bloodiest loss. He's now recovered, and he kind of gets up and he starts signing. Uh, it's just thank you, is what you get. Thank you, thank you. What oh, yeah. what just happened? And thank you. <laughs> While David and Lightning are doing this, I grab Hichiro's body, and I drag it out of the room. Okay. And I look at one of the servants uh, in the halls. I'm sure there there are people just meandering around the halls. Mm-hmm. And in a really, really angry, pissed-off voice, I look at one of them, I grab one of them by the scruff of their shirt, and I say, get me four pikes. They nod, and they immediately go do as you say. Have the necromancer bring him back to life and kill him again. <laughs> I was, my idea was I'm going to stick his head on a pike and the various different body parts right out front of the palace. That's what I want to do. Lightning uh, kind of, like, moves forward. It's a little, I mean, he's pretty much actually pretty well recovered from the potions, yeah. but it's a shock. So he's not moving with full fluidity. He's like, I have not come this far to die now by some punk. I didn't even care if I was about to die. Thank you for not letting me die to him. And he just kind of like puts his, he his head in his hand. I can't believe she would sacrifice Ichiro. She must really be gone. Lightning just runs his hands through his hair. And then you see he just does a symbol and the translator doesn't translate it. It's a very aggressive symbol. I put my hand on his shoulder uh, and say, it takes more than that to stop us. He looks at you and smiles and nods. She better send more than a child with a sword next time. He laughs, kind of like a hesitant laugh. He just shakes his head no and he goes, you know, I kind of liked him. He had me fooled. Me too. Well, take that. He didn't even, wasn't even worth it, huh? Your life wasn't even worth it. You didn't even get your man. He's just, he's just signing at the door. Good news is he died in vain. Yeah, gosh darn it. He's like he's like not he's not stopping moving. He's like pacing. He's he's, he's riled up. Adrenaline. Uh, did the servant bring the pikes back yet? Yes. I go to the front of the palace and I, I grab two guards with me. Okay. And I and and I also tell the servant get a ladder. Okay. Um, I go and I put the pikes out in front of the palace. Okay. And I I decapitate him and I cut off various body parts. All right. And stick them on the pikes. Okay. And uh, I can impaler. I I take uh, Hachiro's head. Yeah. And I slice it off, and I kind of hold his hold his head in his hair, mm -hmm. and I shot out. I hold it, and I go like this. Um, Suko, if you can hear this, here's your boy, and I stick his head straight on the top of the pike, like just this, like, and I contort it to look awful and pained. Okay. Um, and it I doesn't, at, It doesn't require much contorting to convey that. I look at one of the guards, and I say, no one touches these until the Rokusaki has them taken down. Is that understood? Yes, Master uh, Master Dragonson. I want her to see it. And I, I walk back into the palace. All right. And I, I grab a rag, and I walk back into David's room, like kind of wiping the blood off on the rag. All right. You see that, David. Okay. Okay. Well, I heard him call for the pikes, and I see the blood, so I guess I can kind of put yeah, two, you, two together. Yeah. I take it a 
I take it you've made a uh, display of our friend? I think a message has been set. If you're going to decorate your bar with my friend, you should have armed himself. <laughs> he should have armed himself. <laughs> That's such a good movie. That's the greatest line in the whole movie. They're like, you just shot an unarmed man. If he's going to decorate his bar with my friend. There's also a very himself. good line. Um, what movie is that? Unforgiven? Deserves what? got nothing to do with it. That one's good, but there's another thing. It's like, um, he had it coming. Yeah, we all got it coming. We all got it coming, kid. Ah, Suko, Suko, Suko. Well, he was right about one thing. She probably is smarter than me. But unfortunately for her, she's not better ass than me. Hey, she may be smarter than you, which I don't agree with, but she's also crazier than you, and crazy and smart don't usually mix too well. No. What? What? Oh my gosh, now I'm thinking of everything Ichiro knew. What if he had a way to tell Suko stuff? Well, it's a good thing David said that Ichiro was only there on like the... Right, he wasn't in the more sensitive meetings. He was in there fact, during that meeting, though. Which one? Oh, yeah. The meeting which of all meeting? the families. We had their big meeting yesterday, last yeah. last, last, last uh, week. Five families. Five families. Yeah. Remember, he gave that inspirational speech about showing the world that you that they won't bend over when the Empire comes to take it over. <sighs> like, lightning's still riled up. Because, well, I guess I know what it's like to have a sword in my stomach now. <laughs> And no offense, but I don't understand why she would go through all this trouble. One second. Before we move a second forward, uh, uh, and, he, and he calls over Yumiko, he goes, I want a potion, the best one, give it to me. As soon as you can. Right? Like, go now. I don't know why you're still listening to me continue to speak. Already have it done. Go. All right. Go on. Yeah, David? No offense, but I don't quite understand why she would go through all that trouble. And his, his goal was to kill you? What are you trying to say, David? Why didn't he try to kill me? He smiles. That is a very good question. Oh, man, she's crazy. I guess she didn't want to kill me. Maybe she just wants to hurt me. She's doing a pretty piss-poor job of it. We should keep more potions on us. <laughs> I do. I don't know about you guys. My goodness. Guys, I was just... St I was stabbed today! What doesn't kill you makes you stronger, right? Shut up. <laughs> All right, um, I'm, I'm going to go on administrative leave for like a day, if that's cool, boss. All right, I put four Lin Kuei on with him. Okay. All right, he leaves the room. And right before he leaves, he goes, thank you, friend. I also tell his guard, if, if lightning dies, make sure you come back on your shields, you know what I'm saying? They nod, understandingly. If he's dead, you're dead. Well, that was interesting. Very I'm still wiping the blood off my, my tunic. <laughs> How is she beating us at our own job? Aren't we the people who are supposed to strike from the shadows? <laughs> well, she is from here. See, you How guys merely adopted the dark. She was born <laughs> in it. One might even say molded by it. Molded by it. I did not see a video game till I was already in my hand. There was a picture the other day of Wreck-It Ralph. Mm -hmm. in uh, the Bane suit and he said your reckoning has come and oh, it please. started reckoning get out. get out I can't even right now <laughs> a white girl at Starbucks I can't even until Gotham is pixels and this that gives... you have my permission to delete do you think this gives you power over me <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite scene in the whole movie cause he just Me grabs that guy's head they don't show it but you get the idea that you're like cantaloupes right 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 <laughs> I love that part yeah, I uh, 
this gives you power over me? My, but I'm just He's like stroking the guy's face. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I go to the gym, I'm just like, I was wondering what would break yeah. first. Your spirit or your body? Or your body. Impossible. <laughs> I broke you. I think that that is literally one of the best characters in cinema. Oh, he's my favorite character from that trilogy, definitely. Yeah. Oh well, I totally disagree. I mean, the Joker is the, first, but the Joker, it yeah, was, and Two Face, I love both of them. Oh, absolutely, but I mean, Bane is the but most. But Bane fun. can be done with just a glass. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people actually, Bane actually wasn't a bad guy. People just misunderstood him. Yeah. We'll block the road with a tractor. You want a nuclear reactor? Guys, Bane wants a nuclear <laughs> reactor. Bring it in. I feel like he's a bad man. Kill the Batman? Guys, we're killing the Batman. <laughs> Bane said it. Hey, Andrew. You want to play some D&D tonight? No. I, I can't. You're not real. None of this is real. 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 Mental divergence can be a tricky situation, but we here at Tales from the Lich can be your hand in the infinite darkness. When you can't play, listen. TalesFromTheLich.com Alright, anyway. What do you guys do? We must kill the other thing going on is you have Zeratul uh, working on both the Black Book and on um, the building machine to control the weather. Oh, right, yeah. Oh, boy. You want to go talk to Zeratul? That's your guy. Sure, I'll go talk to Zeratul. Right, you guys, as you guys are trotting along, and though we never really talk about it, you always have to go through the, um, the what do they call it, the Lost Woods? What do we call that wood? The, uh, magic, the Forbidden Wood. Whatever it was. Uh, the thing that you'll get lost in unless you have permission from the Guardian, who gets permission from the Roku. You get there, and, and you, you go through it, and when you come out of it, you hear something. And that voice is Brahms. And as you come into the thing, you see there's a cut-down tree, like a big stump. It's a big stump. And he's sitting on it, and he's uh, playing his instruments, and the shadow versions themselves are accompanying him. And you see there's, like, animals all gathered around him. Almost like an audience, but kind of, like, in a circle around him. And there's, like, a bird on his shoulders, like a, a squirrel, like, looking up at him at his feet. Just a bunch of animals everywhere. And Oscar's there, of course. Uh, just listening, and they're all just kind of listening to the music. 
And uh, you kind of notice, huh? It was funny you didn't notice this all day till just now when he's singing, but it's it's starting to flurry a little bit. A little light snow starting to come here, being here at the beginning of winter. What song is going on as you guys travel on. You can either move past him or interact with you. It's up to you. Well, we wouldn't move past him. Okay. I don't know. Caleb put him here for a reason. I, I feel I, like the Sicilian and the Princess Bride. I don't know whether to drink or not to drink. We're on the horseback? Uh, however you would want to travel. You would know I usually that I would know that you would think you put the poison in this guy, so clearly the poison must be in this class. So you're going to drink yours? No! <laughs> I'm just getting started. Right. <laughs> yeah, we'll interact with him. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't interact with him, but what I do is I, I ride up to the sort of perimeter of the animals uh-huh. just to make sure I'm in his... Line of sight. Yeah, and and then I just I'm like the animals. I'm listening. Okay. I won't interrupt him. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thorn. I did the same. Darn stabs him. <laughs> All right. Darn's the new me. Stab I stab first. every. I just stab everyone in a circle. <laughs> one by one. <laughs> All right. Yeah. There's like there's like a doe just laying down listening to it. It just seemed to be enjoying the the music. Um, it's feeling just a little bit chilly since obviously it's cold enough for the snow to come down. It's not windy or anything like that. It's, it's comfortable aside from the cold. And it's not a, it's not, I, it's a very light I snow. picture my cape is blowing majestically in the right. wind behind my steed. Of course, of course. Are you sitting in your horse still? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I pull my cloak around me to keep myself warm. Alright, When he's done, I want to do a sarcastic clap. Like like, a slow clap? Sure. No, I don't do that. <laughs> I can't clap anyway. <laughs> <laughs> One handed clap. You just like to tap on your neck. It's like a different attachment I have for my arm that I put it on and it can like clap. <laughs> it's like I, I, hook from a hook that keeps like putting on different things, the chalk things <laughs> like right in the board. The song winds down and he, uh, he eventually uh, finishes it. Oh, perfect timing, Caleb. And when it's finished, he uh, he looks up at you, and he uh, he puts his guitar down. All the shadow forms go back into him, so it's just him now. And uh, he bows deeply and says, uh, Grandmaster Rokusaki. And all the animals uh, kind of look up at you, and then they kind of like get out of their tranquil state. And they kind of like disperse. What, uh... What brings you out here? Which is strange. Guy. The animals didn't at least give you respect. They didn't do anything. They just dispersed, which is very, very odd for you. Okay. All right. What do you say? I asked him, what brought you out here today? You know, I just felt like singing, and I thought with the first snow of the sneeze since the season would be a good thing to sing about. Well, you are truly a master musician, Mr. My name is Brom. It's a pleasure to meet you. I'm Thorin, and I dismount, and I, sh- I bow. I give him a me- medium bow. He bows to you. I actually just realized he doesn't know who I am. He has no clue. He knows you as the new Rokusaki. That's it. Right, right. Which is irrelevant to most people. We use the word new just so I can clarify. You guys don't get confused, but it's your Rokusaki, right? <laughs> the only difference Brom will make is that you're not currently hiring him like the last one did. <laughs> I'm glad I ran into you. I meant to ask you, how are you feeling? I've heard you've had quite the journey. I appreciate your concern, Grandmaster. I uh, I feel well. I feel like a new man. Uh, 
pretty good considering that I was shot uh, in the face. And uh, now I am not. And if you don't mind my asking, what was... Do you have any recollection of the uh, where you were when you perished? You mean in between death and now? Yes. I don't... It's like... You ever gone to sleep and it was like too long for some reason? You wake up, it's been 12 hours, and you're like, where did the day go? Is it, is it day or night? Kind of feels like that. But other than that, no ill effects? I was sick for a little bit. Not to get too graphic for the Oroku, your presence, but my stomach was upset. I understand. And I was confused a lot for a little while. But now I feel as I did before. And I understand. What is it you did for the last, the Oroku Saki before me? He, uh had some sort of fondness for music and would, at special occasions, have me play songs or in his chamber while he would do his daily deeds. He would just have me provide a a background to his life, I take it. He had me prepare a dirge for uh, for, uh, my last job for him. It was supposed to be the... uh, Some sort of event was to happen that would, of course, cause my death because apparently I was too close to whatever it was I did it when the Oroku commands you to do something you do it people of the north have been kind enough to give me a home even though I am not from here so I felt it was the least I could do his uh, adversary apparently did not have uh, such a fondness for music (laughs) then it is good fortune for you sir that we thoroughly enjoy music I'm glad we we had such a wonderful festival of festival about a month ago it was so much music and dancing i think you would have enjoyed it sir oh i wish i could have been there i was preoccupied with not being able to breathe i um at this point i get off my horse uh-huh i, t- <laughs> I tell him uh how do i want to put it i feel like we should make something clear between us he listens attentively <laughs> i uh i lift my mask he's face freezes in what could be described as horror but horror with a failed attempt at disguise I may have he instinctively like puts his hand in front of his face yeah, yeah. I may have acted a bit rashly last time we he met. may have jumped the gun <laughs> but I feel like it would be dishonest to conceal myself from you I am honored that you would lift your mask in my presence. Um, and then I put the mask back down. Um, We've established before, in case my mind is, is off, that when you have your mask on, your voice is also altered, right? Yeah, yeah. It's Magically by the mask. Yeah. Okay, cool. Is it Darth Vader-esque uh, when you're altered? If that makes you feel better about I'm it. I'm asking you. It's your choice what you want your voice to sound like. No, because cause the idea would be... I mean, obviously, I would want it to be something uh, formidable. Okay. But the idea would just be that it sounds like a man, just not me. Okay. Um, Say, uh, I'm going to speak to you now as a man, not as... Well, actually, I leave my mask up. I'm going to speak to you as a man, not as the Orokusaki. Do you think you can do that? Um, yes, I can. Clearly, this is a bit awkward, but (laughs) if there's any ill will towards me, I certainly wouldn't blame you. But if there is, the reason I'm unveiling myself to you is 
I would rather deal with it now, man to man, face to face, than have you find out any other way. He breathes deeply. Well, I appreciate that. I can understand that. Being that I'm not from around here, while I do have respect for the people who have taken me in, I probably find an easier time talking to you as a man to another man. I didn't grow up in this culture. So as a man, yeah. A little myth that you shot me in the face. I... What am I going to do? Go on a quest for vengeance against the most powerful man in the north? You seem sorry about it. Normally in this situation, maybe it wouldn't be a case of I'm sorry because it's un-undoable. But this apparently was undoable. Maybe I could make a request. We'll call it reparations. Okay. Name it. Let me back in the Lin Kuei. I really loved working for Pastor Roku. I'm sh- I understand that you're not him. You're not going to be in love with music and want me to give you a back- background track to your life. But let me be the official bard of the Lin Kuei to perform at official events and things. It's, it's my passion. It's what I love to do. And if I could be part of Lin Kuei, that means I can get a house. Right now, I have uh, Malganis putting up some funds for me to stay in a hotel. I'm uh, without money, without employee. Consider it done. Yeah, that's very generous of you. And if I can ask one more thing, if I'd be so bold, why did you shoot me? If I could have the answer to that question. I was just playing a song. I was uh, a bit under duress at the time. If you don't, if I'm sure you remember the circumstances of the whole thing. I do. And um, I guess I mistook your abilities as something threatening and didn't, as I'm not from around here <laughs> either, uh, didn't want to wait to find out. I oh. thought you were there defending a man that I had no choice but to kill. I see. Well, let me ask another question of you. When yes. uh, I was ordered to use my abilities to make you and your associates confront themselves yes i have no ability to know what happened i'm always so very curious if you could tell me what happened to you that would be very interesting to me i was at my own trial (laughs) and on trial uh justifying my past actions uh, measured against my ideologies interesting it's a special song I cooked up for, as you no doubt have figured out, to make someone look inward, to be confronted by their past. Some men run, some men push forward, some men are incapacitated with the struggle. Well, after, then you can further see why I did what I did. It was quite delaying to a a situation that I saw as uh, immediate. And in all fairness, if you had just stepped aside, I wouldn't have killed you. (laughs) He smirks. Well, I appreciate you being a man about it. And, um, I guess what else is there to say? Nothing. You are our bard. Thank you. And as soon as I get back to the castle, I'll make sure it's known. And we'll set you up. Be good to have something good to eat. Alright, so, it'll take me a while, but by the end of the day, if you report back to the castle, you will be taken care of. All right. Thank you. All right. I mount back up. As you go by, he bows to the entire um, litter. You guys off to Zeratul? Yep. 
When you get to his floating structure, pillar, um, you hear... It's loud, it's booming, it almost vibrates the ground. And the, you see, like, the, the thing quickly, like, disappear and then reappear, like, right next to where it was. Impossibly quick. Very weird. It does it, keeps, like, disappearing and reappearing near the same area. And then it starts, like, tilting on its side and, like, floating upwards. And great holes are broken apart, uh, broken into this thing from the inside out as boneless limbs pierce out and start wrapping themselves around the structure and a slimy gooey substance starts dripping from them and surrounds the structure and you can see it cracking under like the pressure of it constricting it and and stops floating upwards and starts floating downwards as if it was just like something was let go in the air and was just starting to gain speed and accelerate and then uh, it stops again, floats up, and starts spinning like impossibly fast, impossibly fast. Anything in this side there would centrifugal force be thrown out, but nothing's being thrown out. Spins incredibly fast, and you're not even entirely sure if it's spinning or just appearing and reappearing so very quickly. Uh, and then you hear. And it disappears without a loud boom, without a lot of celebration, just gone and silence. The noises all stop. The entire floating structure is just gone? Yep, and you wow. just see like pages and books and things falling from the sky. And then as they fall, they burn up before they touch the ground. All of it burns up, and a strong wind blows, and a bunch of papers and stuff is being blown by you, and it's all burning up. And one page doesn't burn up and floats gently down. Uh, maybe 300, 600 yards away, somewhere between there. I uh, I gallop quickly over to it, and I pick it up. David, you see, as he picks it up, boneless limbs, but instead of made of uh, meat, made of words off of the page, come out and uh, pierce into him, through his chest, out his back. Though, uh, Thorn, you feel nothing, you and you see this happening too. And as you're reading this paper, you are compelled to look at even though you do not understand it and your brain starts to hurt and David you see he has a nosebleed and then these this tentacle that has gone through his this tentacle made of words that's gone through his chest goes over and pierces you David and both of you here and it is so loud that it makes you like wince and it won't stop. It's getting louder. And you, like, hold your head because it's just so much pain. Just want it to stop. Have any of you ever had a migraine before? Yeah. 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 It's a migraine. You could do anything. You would take a knife and stab in your head to release the pressure. And then it all stops. You find yourself on your hands and knees, breathing very heavy in some dark place. And you feel like you're on a boat. Because you rise and you set. You rise and you're set. And you're in some sort of room made of wood. Do we have our stuff with us? Everything that you had on your character sheet and on your person. 
I get up, is there a door? You look around, the room is very dark, and your eyes have not yet adjusted. So you're actually not sure. You're feeling just to feel if there's anything at all around you. You're um, feeling a floor that's not smooth. It is rounded. Kind of like, almost like you keep feeling ridges and ridges and ridges. I, I draw my sword and I cast light on it. Alright. The room lightens up. Take that light spell off your list of spells used unless it's a zero level spell. And uh, and you find that you're kind of in a room that's... Uh, um, imagine what you would look, think of a cargo hold to be, except there are things there that you might find in a residence. And you see over in the corner is a pool, and mm-hmm. then in the opposite corner is a door. And the furniture is made of things like uh, wood tied together, um, made of bone, made of seashells, made of coral. I look over at David to see if he's okay. David, you are as I told you. I'm okay. Is what you're saying? No hit point damage to anybody. Okay. Um, I approach the door. Should I open it, my lord? Uh, yeah, I think we're in kind of uncharted territory here. Okay. Y- yeah. So I open it. Okay, you open the door, and you're agreed by a staircase that leads up to another door. It's a short staircase, not very large. I try to be as quiet as I can going up the stairs. Stealth check. Of course. David as well, if you're going to also be stealthy. 18. Um, yeah. I, I, I successfully make the stealth check. David's like, you know, I don't really care to be stomps up the stairs. <laughs> I just start bashing holes in the walls as I'm coming up. Stealth. 22. Nice. Right. You guys sneak up the stairs and get to the top door. I listen at the door. All right, make a perception check. That was bad. 15. You hear what sounds like the sound of the shore. I open it. You're greeted by a very starry night sky. And it sheds light upon what looks like a bunch of rafts. All tied together. As far as I can see. Rafts, 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 rafts. And there's structure houses built on these rafts. A lot of them go down, some of them stay above. A lot of things similar to what you just came out of. Doors that lead to a thing that goes deeper into the rafts. I I look up at the night sky, is just the stars or is there a moon? The moon has been shattered. That's what I thought, okay. So uh, you see the ring that is glowing around the planet. That Um, was still a good idea, just checking to see if we're even in the same world. I, I kind of stumble out onto the deck, just kind of in awe of my surroundings. Yeah, go out and look around. Is it a boat? It's a bunch of rafts tied together as far as you can see. But, I mean, that's what we're on, too? Yeah, you're on one of these rafts, yeah. So basically, like, a ha- one of those, like, houseboat-looking things. I mean, what's the structure look like that we were inside of? It looks like a, a shack that somebody would set up. Okay. Almost like a log cabin, but not as tightly built. Things are wet all around you. The inside of the house is wet. It doesn't seem to be built to keep water out. At least if it was, it's been either decaying or is not made well. Is there any people out and about on the rafts? You look around and you see no one out. Matter of fact, there's no lights on anywhere. Except for one thing. There is a tent. Not a not a log cabin like the rest of it. Not a shack. A tent. Kind of like set up almost like a teepee. You know, a center thing and all the points going to the center mm. and it has a lot of lights on 
and it's got smoke coming out from the top. I look you at David. See, there's a guy standing at the front of the of the uh, tent. I look at David and I approach the tent. Um, you hear um, greetings, and Greet. you look over and it, it looks like an anthropomorphic crow. Anthropomorphic. Look, uh, his human crow man. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, like the cat folk would be described as anthropomorphic cat. He's wearing robes with some things dangling off them, pouches, a couple vials, mostly pouches and stuff. And um, he goes, um, it to be a fine night for travel, yes? He kind of turns his head sideways. Yes, it would. You know what you look like you need? You look like you need your fortune read. Come into my tent and I'll read your fortune. Tell you what the fates have in store for you. I look back at David. Um, he says, "F this crap!" Overturns the table, pours kerosene, and burns the whole thing to the ground. Without saying anything, I step inside the tent. Okay. I do as well, but I do not sheath my sword. All right, hazy inside the tent, and uh, and he comes in behind you, and he goes around you, and there's a little, little a small table. You sit on the floor. There's cushions and things. Very, very not similar to the rest of the the raft structures. He sits down. What is this place? You definitely have a lot of questions, don't you? Well, that's what we're here for, isn't it? To answer questions for things we don't have answers to. So much of life you just don't know. It keeps hurling thing after thing at you, and you just have to take it. Hold out your palm, young man. Uh, I hold out my left palm. He, He takes it cups it, and takes his other hand, and he traces different lines in your hand. He goes, mm, Your fate be mixed in blood. Betrayals what I see in ye. Soon, sooner than you like, betrayal will visit ye, and it will either come from within or from without. Somebody soon will betray you, stab you in the back, or ye will betray someone else. If it comes from without, ye will not know the person that does it. If it comes from within, ye will be doing it to someone close to ye. Human with the gun. Hold out your hand. Extend your palm. Alright, I hold it out. He cups your hand like he did thorns, traces it. Because... Oh, you got something about you. Something this strange. You're looking for something, aren't you? You've been looking for a lot of things, haven't you? Just can't seem to find it. Distractions pop up on your left and right. But right now, um, you need to find what you've been looking for and you need to find it soon. The thing that brought you here. You must find it two more times. And if you do, you will find what you're looking for. You will find the help you need. And he puts your hands down and he goes. And he pulls out a, a, a deck of cards. And he displays them on, on the table for you and goes. Ye, with the sword, point to the card that ye feel most drawn to. What speaks to ye? I point to a card on the left side. Takes it. And he uh, pushes it forward. 
He says, flip it over. I take the very tip of my sword and I flip it. Okay. It has a, a picture of a dancing woman with a little liar. And he says, um, something will happen. And you will watch it. It will be connected to music. And if you let it happen, the fates will visit horrible things on you. And if you stop it, the fates will relieve themselves of everything connecting to you and their anger. Human with the firearm, what card draws to you? What card has already picked you? Um, I pick a card. Alright, he pushes it forward. Turn it over. But only if you're willing to accept what will be revealed. I turn it over. Alright. You see it's a, a, a jester, and he's, uh, he's dead. He's fallen over. Um, and that, that, that joke was a killer. Minus a hundred gold. Um, no. <laughs> Jokes on you. I don't have any. <laughs> um, he he goes. Ooh, the fates seem to have it out for both of you. Very soon, somebody's gonna die, and then that somebody dies. The course of your trajectory in your life is gonna be turned around, or. Somebody who's already dead is going to change your fate for the worse. Either of these can happen, but once one happens, the other will not. Now, he, he uh, puts his sleeve over the table and a crystal ball falls out. It doesn't roll, it just lands. And it's misty in there, even more smoky than the inside of the tent. And by the way, there's no source of smoke. There's not like a fire brewing. Who knows what it is, but it smells like there's incense burning. Um, he, he kind of looks into the ball. All you see is clouds. And then you see that the clouds part. And you just see, like, glowing. And he looks at it and he goes, Oh, the thing that brought you here lies in the possession of the man with red. The man with red has what's brought you here. Find it two more times. And you will have what you need. And all of this is all I have to say. It would be two gold for the two platinum for the palm reading, one platinum for the cards, and three for looking into the crystal ball. I turn out my pockets and I, I look do at accept David. payments in gold as well. I turn out my pockets and I look at David. Sorry, boss. I put the equivalent in gold for both of us. Okay, so that was what three, two, and one. Yeah, so, uh, six for both of you. So twelve platinum gone, or um, one hundred and twenty gold. I thank you. Now you stay safe, right? You as well. Thank you. So I have to stop someone from playing music? Just so I understand what he said. He it was said hard. what he said. It was hard to understand the Irish accent. <laughs> he said that something will happen with something connected to uh, uh, music. If you stop it, fate is going to be upset with you. Uh, not going to be. Uh, if you let it happen... Bad things will happen, and if you stop it, good, uh, bad things won't happen. Not that good things will happen, but the bad thing won't happen. <laughs> uh, what do you guys do? You're still in the tent sitting there. Yes, I, I ask, where are we? You happen to find yourselves in Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh. Home of the Gil people. The ever-floating, ever-moving island. Artificially made, 
but they're home nonetheless. How do we get back home? Yeah, and he holds up two fingers. Find it but two more times. And you find your problem solved. Very well. I look at David. What are we supposed to be finding? <laughs> um, I don't know. I get up and uh, leave the tent. Okay. I look at David. Where do we go from here? I guess we gotta find something two more times. I start to kind of scan back and forth across the rest as far as I could see. Nothing else sticks out. Um, well, I'm only because everything sticks out. <laughs> no, you know what I mean? Apart from shacks. Um, no, there's obviously some structures that are larger than others for different purposes. You're not sure. What well, looks like there's some shops that have been closed up. Smell fish. You smell a lot of fish. So if you don't like the smell of fish, you're out of luck. I don't know, man. Um, well, let's start walking. We'll see if we find something. Okay, start casually strolling through. As you're going around, you find another place with a light. Okay. I what approach. Is it? is it a tent again? Nope, it's a, one of the cabins. Uh, uh, I gave it a shacks. Um, I knock on the door. You hear some noise shuffling in there, and then the door opens up. And standing before you is a gilman. A gilman is, it looks much like a human. Have you guys ever seen Waterworld? Yes. Yeah. It looks like the main character from Waterworld, whatever his name was. Kevin Costner. He looks like Kevin Costner from Waterworld. He's got he's got gills. Uh, they're on his neck though, not behind his ears. Uh, you know, webbed hands and things like that. He looks a lot like a human though, just with those changes. Uh oh, travelers, welcome. Come in. Come in. Welcome to my inn. Greetings. I'm Thorin. Hello, Thorin. So pleased to meet you. Uh, I shake his hand. Right, I extend my hand. Hi, my name is Quinn. He goes, I'm Quinn. Welcome to my inn. Sorry I don't have things really uh, established. I haven't expected visitors from the Empire for, well, you have another week now before you, your traders come. Your, your ship must have arrived early. Uh, I do have some rooms. All the rooms are empty, actually, since, since the ships haven't come yet. You can take your pick. This is quite fortunate. Thank you. You see rates on the walls, the more expensive, the nicer the room, obviously. It goes up to 10 gold a night. Okay. We take a 10 gold room. It's 10 gold per person. 20. Yep. And it goes, um... You all should right. take me out on dates more often, David. <laughs> it goes, if you uh, need anything, you let me know. I have it... Now, I do have it set up for land dwellers, so there are blankets and different things like that. Uh, fresh water available, of course, have the pitcher refilled all the time. That room has a very nice view of uh, the water. You can see past the rafts into the water. Uh, if you guys need anything, you come on down, all right? I have a little string Sweet. next to your door. You pull it and a bell goes on and I know which room it is, so I'll come right to you. I I do have a question before I go up. Yes, um, Mr. Thorne. I am rather new traveling to this area. Mm -hmm. um, when is the next ship that leaves for the mainland? Well, we don't really have ships that go to the mainland, but in a week the traders come and they'll be back, of course, to go back to the mainland from whence they came. But okay, surely you have the ship you came in. Surely. And are your traders around, or because they're not expected for a week, are they available? Oh, sure. In the morning, this place is just all a buzz. 
whether people from the Empire come or not. I'm sure that the best goods come out when they come by, but you know the merfolk come by all the time and we always want to trade with them. But most of those shops we have under the water. Caleb, what was that merfolk's couple's name? I mean, I, I made a mental note to myself last week to write it down, go back and listen, but I never did. Oh, yeah, it's okay. Okay. So we go to the room, or at least I go to the room and... uh, I go up with them. All right. There's hammocks instead of beds. I, as I close the door, I turn around and look at David. A week? This is some glutton's idea of a sick joke. Or we have a great opportunity. What opportunity? Well, fish people. They're expecting the Empire here in a week to do some trading. Do you know this place? Uh, hey, sorry, I, I, have, I have local. Can I roll to see if maybe I had... Yeah, roll. Way, yeah, roll. Go overheard ahead. somebody talking about this. Local. Go ahead. We were in a bunch of bars and stuff, mm-hmm. and I've studied maps. Twenty-two. Twenty-two. Um, you have actually somehow in some of your conversations have heard of Gilgamesh. A while ago, the Gil people all made a home for themselves, and it constantly is in. It's uh, it's located floating in the sea east of the Empire. Uh, it, Gilgamesh is comprised mostly of Gilmen, but some merfolk live there as well. Striking on their own, Gilmen were once land dwellers. They came together in their small community to build a floating city and set it out into the sea, in an attempt to dis- distance themselves from the wars and petty strifes caused by the races around them and live peaceful lives. A governor is elected each year, but it is very much non-essential. The Gilmen do well self-governing, but every once in a while a decision has to be made, and that is what the governor is for. Comprised of rafts tied together, the city is much above water as under. The surface section of Gilgamesh is designed to appeal to tourists and has many shops and governmental buildings. The underwater section is almost entirely residential, but has certain sections to accommodate merfolk visitors. Gilgamesh does not bother with things such as war and has minimal crime in its borders. Life is usually happy, but clam bakes every day and more than enough food to go around. People share their possessions with each other pretty readily. Money usually doesn't get exchanged uh, among its residents, usually only with visiting traders. And with a 22, that is all I will tell you. So you've, you now that you realize that you're in Gilgamesh, you, you uh, recall those things that you have learned under interactions while being advisor to the emperor to things you might have heard while being a rogue. It takes you a while, but you finally have tapped into that memory. Okay. Doth thou share us this treasured information? Yeah, I kind of just break down everything I know. This may be an opportunity. I am a bit curious now to know the one thing I don't know that could be man in white to know (laughs) is, um, you know, I'm interested to know what exactly it is they trade for your soul. (laughs) You thought we were peaceful. We traded bone. It would be really gutsy of us to jump on an Empire ship to go back. And plus, it's a week away. A week away, a week away, a week away. <laughs> I say we go to sleep. I want tomorrow, roll. we, you know, find, as, find out as much as we can and try to find a way off of here before the Empire comes. Agreed. You guys go to bed? Kind of like Han Solo trying to get to the Cloud City before the Empire. I want you both to make. Eh, I want you both make Constitution set checks. And we're gonna go and D twenty to add your Constitution modifier, not its score. 
and we open a door and Phoenix is sitting at the head of a table. <laughs> I immediately pull out my blaster. <laughs> 20. Phoenix, you said you said you'd let us go. I have altered the deal. Pray I do not alter it any further. <laughs> what am I rolling? Uh, your constitution modifier, the smaller number next to constitution. Let's just say plus two, plus one, plus three, something like that. 20. Constitution would be the con next to dexterity? Correct. Uh, 11. And I'm clear, the small number, not, you see a two-digit number, it's the wrong I number. I see a plus two and a 15. Yeah, the plus two. Yeah, 11. My snake's an idiot. He just climbed up his cage and then fell. <laughs> Wait, are you saying because I rolled an 11, your snake's an idiot? That must have been. So 11, what'd you get, David? Uh, freaking Tom? 20. Are we rolling for seasickness? Yeah, he's an idiot. Yes, you are, actually. And uh, while neither of you are heaving, David, you're not feeling super good. Okay. Um, and I'm, I'm cool, right? I'm, I'm... Yeah, you're, you're fine. I was raised in the Southern Isles of Rokus Hockey. <laughs> we learned to sail before we learned to piss. <laughs> so, uh, especially when you're not on a solid bed, and even if you were, everything's moving. You feel icky, but you're not going to take any sort of uh, stat-changing penalties or throw up. You're, you're holding it today. Okay. Um, until the next time I make you roll. Yeah. Alright, you guys go to sleep. It's a little hard. Everything's new and all that stuff. It's exciting, but you eventually get your rest and you wake up it is the morning you wake up you wake up what <laughs> oh oh and you're woken up by the sound of hubbub of people moving and, and, and talking and you hear a noise outside of a bunch of people um, and you strap. smell fresh you smell like fish being cooked you can hear sizzling outside I just discovered I do have 173 gold pieces cool and you, you look at yourself, in the middle of the night, you've thrown your blanket off, and you're actually kind of warm. Nice. I uh, get up, I wash my face off and such, I strap on my armor and throw my cloak over myself. Okay. David, are you going about in your mask and full getup? Um, well, I leave my getup, but not my mask. All right, so you have your mask, like, on your, like, we'll say, like, you tie it on your belt or something? Yeah. All right, cool. And then there's so, this thing where you guys have, like, a ton of gear... And in Pathfinders, like everybody has a backpack, but no one ever actually like plays as if they have a backpack. So we all understand this, right? It's, it's the I have a suspension of disbelief where you guys have a backpack, but we don't need to really roleplay. You can carry around a backpack and carry a tent and books and all stuff. Like I have. It's a backpack with a magic spell on it of right. deep. Right. Deepness. So you guys have a backpack. But we never really have to interact with it until you want to. All right. Exactly. You're assumed to always have it. Unless you specify otherwise. All right, so it's the morning. What do you do? You guys get ready, freshen up. Now what? Uh, I go down to the common area. All right, when you go outside, as soon as you open the door, uh, the sound of a crowd you know, fills your ears, and there's people walking everywhere, and you don't know what to look at first. There's stores everywhere. You smell things being cooked and all that. You're looking around, and, and when you look back to where you come from as you're, as you're, you're scanning around, the tent is gone. And, and, and you, you hear, um, hey, you, you outsider. Hey, come here, come here. I turn just to see who's shouting. I don't move. It's a guy behind in a booth with uh, like a bunch of uh, fish in front of him on a grill. Like a grill. It's like, come here. I kind of hesitantly start walking toward him. He, uh, he goes, there you go. And he, and he, and he takes a, a clam off and he puts it on like a, 
a little thing and hands it to you. Says, Here um, you go. How much? Oh, psh, it's free, man. Just tell oh. me how you like it. I give it a taste. It's up to you whether or not you like clams. Is it raw raw clam on the half shell, or is it it's cooked? It's a clam that was steamed, right? Oh, yeah. It was cooked on the grill and steamed open. Yeah, I like it. I Oh, oh it's well seasoned, too. Boy, this person knows how to cook fish. Oh, that's amazing. I can actually taste the food. <laughs> I'm like that, yes. It's true. It goes, have as much as you like, friend. Have as much as you like. Glad you're here. Thank you very much. My name, What? what is your name, sir? My name a random <laughs> name generator, Tito. Tito, pleasure to meet you. You guys are a bit early, aren't you? Where's the rest of your friends? They were, um, I look at David, delayed. Oh, well, we were expecting them in a week anyway. We decided to, uh, come ahead of them. Oh, oh welcome, welcome. Thank you. You'll probably get some discounts, not, like, in uh, higher prices, but just being you two. <laughs> Such a wonderful place you have here. Trying to make a home for ourselves. Very, uh, very comfortable. It seems. I think so. I was. Uh, it's been a long time since I've seen, seen ships in the ocean. Really? Very, a very long time since I've seen a, a wonderful, ocean-going. I can't place. imagine going a week without seeing the ocean. I, uh, I've only recently been reintroduced to it, so it, it's, it's pleasurable to see it again. I'm glad you're here for me. I'm glad as well. Nice to meet you. You as well. Then you are, I might say, a master chef. Thank you. Hey, hey, Sylvester, Sylvester, come here, come here. And he starts, like, talking to Sylvester and sharing stuff with him. Then I'm just walking around looking at, looking. There's some storefronts. Some are selling jewelry and things made of coral and such. Shells. So that's all we're seeing? Just, like... Yeah. I asked Tito, uh... <laughs> I'm gonna rap with Tito. Okay. Um, uh, so, uh, perhaps you could help us. This is our, uh, our first time in your fine town. Sylvester, you hear that? They've never been here before. Can you believe it? I cannot believe it. I can't believe it either. First time, huh? Yeah, um... Just out of curiosity, where would we go to uh, see these goods that our friends are coming to trade for? These look traders. left and look right and keep walking, my friend. You'll find all sorts of things. <laughs> but uh, now I want to get right to the to the good stuff. What's the most popular places for the empire? Well, let me tell you, there are some spots near the front, near where the docks are, the face the land side of. West, the face west. Usually, we get that's the prime property because the first thing you know, traders see when they come here. One of the guys there, Samuel, he sells bones, big bones. Like he gets them from past whales and stuff that we get from the merfolk, who uh, you know usually go that deep. And uh, he does pretty well there. He does pretty well there. Uh, and uh, I know another guy there, uh, Bubster, Bubster who also owns a shop near there, sells a lot of coral. And I don't mean like coral jewelry, you'll find stuff that kind of down the way. But he saw, he like makes like ignits of it. Ignots, how do you say that word? Like an iron ignit, how do you say that? Ingot. Ing, ing, ingot? Ingot, like I-N-G-O-T. Ingot. He makes like coral ingots, and he sells them to, to, to 
the Empire. You know, stuff that you can't find usually on land. And we trade them for stuff. Sometimes we need metal for a couple things like that. And, uh, you know, stuff like that. Okay, thank they you. always keeps trying to sell us weapons. And we buy them kind of out of kindness sometimes. But we're not really interested in weapons. We're use it for. <laughs> I mean, we have to have something. Because, you know, there's stuff in the ocean that doesn't want to interact with us in a friendly way. <laughs> but uh, most of the weapons the uh, land dwellers uh, try to sell us don't work too well in the water. You are uh, you are truly fortunate then to have no need of such objects. You know, I think the rest of the world just needs to get on our page. I don't think anybody needs them really. If only, if only. I think it's because people have them that there's so many problems. Okay, so we uh, stroll down to there. You see some shops, and you, you see up oh, the, there's Bobster shop because you see whale bones and things being hung off of a thing and displayed, and there's there's um. Uh, what I, stud, uh, no, Samuel is what they call him. Samuel over there has a, uh, it's like the, the Ignatz. He's actually starting, he's, like, un, he's starting to set them up, it looks like. He hasn't, uh, yet put them on full display. As long now, he's in any sort of rush. Let me know if I need to roll for this. So, I'm gonna, I'm trying to put two and two together. Like, my time in the Empire. Mm -hmm. Does anything jump to mind? Like, well, I would have seen this stuff, like, oh, that's what they made that out of. Hmm. Like, if they have these giant bones and coral, you know, like, what are they doing yeah, with I'm them? I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Beyond what we've played out in the game, that's the knowledge you know. I'm not going to give anything additional. Okay. Because, obviously, I can't see the coral. So right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me know if it's reminiscent of something I've seen. It, it does not appear to be reminiscent of much. I'll give you one thing. Okay. When uh, particularly wealthy people come to talk to Valerian while you were his... Advisor, they would wear jewelry uh, made of coral. Some of them, anyway. Hmm. What is the purpose of us being here? And I whisper one of the Zeratul's cracked experiments. <laughs> and you hear off in the distance. Uh, the only reason you hear it is because it's louder than anything else. Mesmo! Mesmo! And you look over and you see a guy who's wearing clothes. Uh, all that are in vivid red. Almost as if, like, when you're reading like a red letter bible because mm -hmm. everything else is black and white the red just like jumps out of the page this red jumps out and this guy's wearing red and he's being called that obviously his name is the name Mesmo and he goes Mesmo Mesmo come here and he goes over to talk to somebody and you see he has something in his back pocket and his back pocket is a folded piece of paper that looks just like the one that you touched that brought you here and it is there we will end for tonight. Trailblazers is part of the Trailblazer Network. For other great Pathfinder podcasts, visit our website, tblazer.net. Want to get in touch? You can email us at tblazernetwork at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at tblazernetwork. Your players have been David and Dom, and Caleb has been your GM. I've been Nicholas Laborde. Thanks for listening. was frozen today and this gives you power over me now a clever man would put the poison into his own goblet because he would know that only a great fool would reach for what he was given i'm not a great fool so i can clearly not choose the wine in front of you but you must have known i was not a great fool you would have counted on it so i can clearly not choose the wine in front of me you've made your decision then <laughs> not remotely wait till i get going Darkness is your ally. You merely adopted the dark.
I was born in it. Molded by it. You just shot an unarmed man. Well, he should have armed himself. He's gonna decorate his saloon with my friend. I don't deserve this. Deserves got nothing to do with it. Well, I guess they had it coming. We all have it coming.